This is South Florida's only Beasley Broadcast Group Station. This is better than Jimmy and Danny. Where's the Davy Gravy line? He is in on Queer Street right now. Two at five sixty. Is that overhead like turned completely down or something this morning? Boy, we have some technical hijinks in this place every day. It's like a new experiment, and the audience is used to that. They kind of enjoy it. Hijinks. You know what I was thinking? He doesn't know Chris. That's what I was thinking. Maybe that's the problem here. Another sniper shooter this morning. Although uh, you know they're not positive it was the sniper, but you can be pretty damn sure. Police in Montgomery County, Maryland, were investigating the shooting of a 40-year-old man this morning, but it was too early to say for sure whether it was connected to these sniper attacks that have left nine dead and three wounded in the Washington area. The victim was shot in the chest. He was standing on the top step of a bus at a bus stop, authorities said. The shooting was reported 5.56 this morning in the Aspen Hill neighborhood of Silver Spring, an area close to the scenes of several of the previous sniper attacks. It wasn't clear whether the man was getting on or off the bus when he was shot. He was on the top step, is all they know. A commuter bus had been pulled over, and some roads were being blocked. Police and cars and helicopters converged on the scene, which is close to a wooded area. Authorities took the victim to a trauma center where he's been treated. Forty-year-old man, that's all we know. And, of course, it's all, it's all sniper all day. You do understand that? When I called um, CNN to let them know that... It's all sniper all day. But uh, with Moosey in charge of this, I think another, what, another two, three years we ought to get this all nailed down? I mean, that business yesterday with those two beaners, that was beyond embarrassing, really beyond embarrassing. Like, like we really believe that this guy is clever enough not to get caught all this time, and he's going to give them a phone number of a phone booth to go to and then meet them there at a uh, given time, and they're all, wait, they're all waiting in the lurch, you know, they're all gathered around, and they converge on the phone booth because there's a white vehicle there, a minivan, and it's two beaners, two undocumented aliens who are making calls, answering uh, want ads in the newspaper looking for day work, and now they're going to be deported. So it goes to show it wasn't a total loss. Right. That's what George said. A little one, bit of overkill. One was Mexican, the other one was Guatemalan. Yeah, just a little bit of overkill, but uh, hey, it was a white vehicle. Had nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with a sniper, with the shootings, with anything. He's not going to give them a phone booth that they can they can get the location of the phone booth in 30 seconds. He can't be that stupid. You know what I'm saying? Maybe his problem is... Good for Chris. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm going to tell you seriously, Mo, and i got plenty to say about you. Plenty. I mean, lots. But first of all, as far as this business about how the show sounds, I want to tell you this. This man has taken that morning show to a new level. I'm not just talking about numbers, which when we get the hour to hour, then we can really examine those numbers. And somebody please explain to him how that book works. See, midday this summer over last summer, uh, we went up three-tenths of a point, little George, up three-tenths. Not a great number, but still number one, as opposed to being uh, number seven. 
You know what I'm saying? We were number one in men. Hank was number two, and the morning show was number seven. But the Jimmy and Danny thing, which, uh, I mean, talk about overkill, that was obnoxious on this station. And some of you, I'm sure, recall that. Jimmy and Danny and Danny and Jimmy. It got to the point where there, we almost had to bring in the Jimmy and Danny police to prevent some of the people on this station from be, uh, getting that one-dimensional. That's all we had was Jimmy and Danny. Now we got Aranda and, and Good job by Chris. Yeah, Chris. Aranda and Chris. Three hours of Aranda and Chris. Panthers played a game last night. They won 3-2. to two. They pulled it out in the last uh, couple of minutes there. Any talk about that? No. World Series going on, tied up a game of peace. Any discussion of that? No. Uh, all sorts of other things going on in the world of sports. But you know something? The Hurricanes don't even exist anymore. Those uh, college football ratings, they don't exist. There is nothing going on besides Aranda and Chris. No. And or Chris and Aranda. And, he doesn't know Chris. Well, that's why we're not talking about it on this show. See? We must be missing out. Narrow casting, Mo. Somebody better explain to you, okay, that first of all, not even the sports nerds are going to put up with that. You think that every sports nerd in this town is a Dolphin fan, especially in this transient town where you got all these New Yorkers and New England people and all these people who root for other teams? Do you think everybody in this town wants to hear all Dolphins all morning? Well, if they don't, who needs them? That's true. Screw them. When you got a big number like that, screw them. I'm driving to work this morning, and they're talking about Arandi and Chris and Chris and Arandi and strictly the same one-dimensional thing. And out of nowhere comes this comment from Mo. You know, there's uh, Gildy, there's 40% less trained monkeys than a year ago at this time. See, he's got a sheet in front of me, which I have the same sheet of paper. On the left-hand column, it says a 9.6. On the right-hand, says 5.9, both being number one, by the way. Spring in the summer book. Not last summer book, which was a 5.9. See, Mo, that's where you went wrong, Mo. You don't understand what you're reading. You're trying to manipulate. See, when I give the numbers out on this uh, show, which I've been doing for like over 20 years now, people tune in and listen because they know I don't make them up. If they're good, we read them. If they're bad, we read them. If Mo would have had a 10 share, I'd have said, hey, he's helped us make some extra bonus money. Did he do it? No. No, he cost us money with those terrible numbers. So you can be in denial all you want, and you can come on here and say, hey, the Howard David show never sounded better than it does now. And that's a pretty sad comment that it never sounded any better than it does right now. Because here's a guy that's been on the air for eight months. Has he thrown, I'm looking at the trends, has he thrown one big, exciting number in there in eight months? Uh, no. No. And especially these numbers are deceptive because these are 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. numbers. Maybe Barry Jackass, if you're listening, when Greg calls you and gives you a deceptive number for Moe's number this time, maybe you'll be smart enough to realize that he's trying to pedal you off like he did last time, the 6 to 10 a.m. number, which he's not on 9 to 10 a.m. And whatever number he gives you is inflated by at least a point because we goose him up over a point, even though we don't appreciate it, all you trained monkeys out there, because we don't talk about Rondi and Chris. Good for Chris. Yeah, screw him. I mean, seriously, talk about one dimension. It'll be like I, if I came on here and said, you know, that third race at Pompano Park the other night, and I talked about it for the entire show. I'm not saying that as many people care about that as the Dolphins, of course. But even the most fervent of fans must be a little bit, you know, it's just like this thing with the media now. This is a very big story and very disturbing and very disconcerting, and et cetera and so on, and it goes on and on and on. But all sniper all day. That, that's all we got. All sniper all day is the story in the media. Here's the poll result from yesterday, speaking of the, smi uh, the sniper coverage. Was that something exciting or not? Cause you had to look it was one of those stupid uh, ladies wanting information about the business. About what business? Like, you know, when you get a call and they say, you know, what's your address and your phone number and all that stuff. Good job by Chris. I told her no. 875 votes yesterday's poll. The media coverage of the sniper has been just another feeding frenzy like O.J., Chandra, Jean Benet, etc. 598 votes. 68.3% of you said that, and you are absolutely correct. Feeding frenzy. A psychotic feeding frenzy. Tonight, 
we got another panel, we got another panel. And the guests on the panels are interchangeable from Larry King over to MSNBC to Chris Matthews. We got, we got Mark, uh, what's his name? I can, I can never think of that guy's name. Grace. With him. No, no, not Mark Grace, the guy with a mustache. Mark uh, Garagos, he's now moved over to MSNBC. And we've got uh, Bo Deedle. Do you know that Bo Deedle was the fifth Beatle? 588 uh, people said the feeding frenzy by the media. 149 said it was, it's been okay. Outstanding, 65, only 7%. And too much, 63, 7.1%. So if you add too much and feeding frenzy together, you got like 75.4% say, oh, stop already. You know, let us know when something is going on, but bring in all these experts who haven't got any idea what they're talking about. Oh, well, this man is obviously a loner, and he's this, and he's that, and, uh, well, this man is obviously part of a conspiracy. Yeah, right. They haven't got any idea who it is. They got no more idea who it is than, uh, than Moosey Man's got an idea what day of the week it is. And with him in charge, baby, you just know <laughs> that it won't be more than another, what, five, ten years before they catch these bastards, or whoever it is? Ten past nine, we got a new poll, which we'll get to, and, of course, today being Tuesday... Tomorrow would be Wednesday when we do that noon to one thing, but I'm, we'll see if the audience likes that or not. The noon to one the comedy bits, we'll see. You know, we all have different lifestyles, Mo. Therefore, we need different products to make us feel better and be healthier. Some of us need a bad hairpiece. Some of us need a bag. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil with vitamins, minerals, herbals, other good stuff in there, scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas, which are sleep, weight management, and that great CoQ10, all using the benefits of what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I think you're having a relapse. Jesus, I can't wait to get out of here again, and that's one of the reasons i got to look at this red-faced little spick. All using the benefits of the finest olive oil you'll find anywhere. Oleomed's an outstanding product. That's available at Publix, Eckerd, and Walgreens. For more info, call Oleomed at their toll-free number, 1-866-OLEOMED. He doesn't know Chris. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order Oleomed online at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and purchase an Oleomed product in Dater Broward, you can get you a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll while supplies last. You want one? No. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing home games, too. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information. Start feeling healthy right now. Start popping some Oleomed in your puss. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. There's a butt. I smell it. We put a retarded girl in our all-new Mitsubishi to show you how well it drives. He thought this would move some product out of the showroom. Look at her go. This is funnier than watching retards at the park. If someone that severely retarded can have that much fun in a new... She's not retarded! Huh? She's having an epileptic fit! Hey, watch out for this. 9.15 at 5.60, WQAM. Well, I'll tell you, the faxes are just in a feeding frenzy. Top ten list, all sorts of crap. Anyway, uh, we got six votes on the poll already. Haven't even given the new poll out yet. That's a pretty good sign. Huh? we got six trained monkeys on there already who are so well-trained that they vote on the pool before we even uh, give the pool out. Well, Eric's got it up there real quick because he's in between breakfasts. And he said, they called 8.30 this morning. Give me that pool so I can get it on there. Uh, don't interrupt my feedings. 
Well, in order to keep your blood sugar at a constant level, you have to go and show. I got that uh, fax. About, what does it say? A chronic faxer, by the way. Phony Joey. It says, please try to get a copy of the first five minutes of the Mo Show this morning. He rips you in George, says the numbers don't tell the truth. He says the Howard David Show has never sounded better. Chris and Aranda, Aranda and Chris, Chris and Aranda. I can hear the Boca Brian bit already, you know what? Chris and Aranda, Aranda and Chris. Three solid hours of that. I don't think even at the lowest level of the Jimmy and Danny crisis that we yeah. went through here, I don't think even at the worst level of that we ever went through a three solid hours of it. You know, there was at least a little something. But at any rate, his show has never sounded better. A man in total denial. Eight months, and he's yet to throw a solid number in there, you know? But we have all these trained monkeys here, which is why I guess we're doing so well. Although, did you realize there's 40% less trained monkeys? No, no, I didn't. Here's the poll question today, and the reason I'm doing it is because I don't know whether we should continue that noon-to-one uh, comedy bits hour every Wednesday. Huh? No, because our noon-to-one hour is down. But I think oh. that's, I think that's be well, we don't know that for sure yet, but you watch. You'll see tomorrow when they are today when those numbers come in hour by hour. But I think the reason for that being that since this show has become a little bit more political, shall we say, <laughs> that the right-wingers at noon, they abandoned us, and they head over to Rush and to a Bill O'Reilly and whatever else they can find. I think that's the Republican rift. I see. Well, <laughs> to good. them, okay, too bad. But I'm also thinking that noon to one thing, that may uh, shut some people off of there. I don't know. That's what we're asking. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday's noon to one comedy bits hour? And I'm asking this on a Tuesday, so it gives us an opportunity to, like, plan for tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I love it. It's okay, it's a waste of time, or I hate it. By the way, thanks to Jeff Cohen and my good friend Marcy. We had a good time at Pizza Loft yesterday, the New England Plantation. That's a really nice place. Right there behind Walgreens, you can't see it from the street, but the food is the same great, fresh, delicious food. The portions, though, are just gigantic. I could have brought you and Carlos and um, Fat Rich in there and still had some left over. Just gigantic portions. Everything fresh, the kitchen is beautiful, sparkling clean. Even Jeff looked a little cleaned up, like maybe he showered sometime in the last six months. He probably um, has a shower in there, too. Wouldn't surprise me. He's got some magic rooms in the back. I don't know what they're doing in there, but I can only imagine. So thanks, Marcy. It was a great time, and the food was excellent, et cetera, and so on. It was really good. Uh, here's that poll again. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday's noon to one comedy bits hour? I love it. It's okay. It's a waste of time, or I hate it. Tuesday at Smallville night. I just mentioned that in passing so nobody forgets. You can't blame me if you forget about it. Fifteen votes on there already, and we haven't even started the poll yet. See, I voted for it's okay because I don't want to, like, see what I'm saying? I, I, I can take it or leave it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, but that's selfish. See, we like it sure, because it's, uh, you know, an easy hour. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits are? I love it nine. It's okay five. I hate it one. Oh, it's changing again. Thirty-six votes. Now that I mention it, they're clamoring on here. I love it, 20. It's okay, 8. I hate it, 5, and it's a waste of time, 3. So, so far, it's pretty lopsided. Here is a great column by Frank Zakaria in this past week's Newsweek. Not the brand-new Newsweek. I just mentioned that in passing. Time to take on America's haters by Frank Zakaria. Is that Zakaria? I wonder if his first name really used to be... Good for Chris. Chris. Or maybe Aranda. He says, one of the most troubling realities of the Muslim world today is the cowardice of moderates. Mainstream Muslim leaders, political and religious, do not condemn religious extremism often enough and vigorously enough. As a result, fundamentalists gain courage and their poisonous views go unchallenged. Unfortunately, the same phenomenon appears to be at work now with America's own homegrown fundamentalists. Last week, Jerry Falwell announced on CBS's 60 Minutes that Mohammed was a terrorist. His comments are part of a trend. At various points, Pat Robertson has called Mohammed a robber and a brigand and described Islam as a monumental scam. 
Billy Graham's son Franklin has chimed in as well, frequently calling Islam a very evil and wicked religion. While there have been scattered condemnations from editorials here and there, there has been silence from the White House and most mainstream political and religious leaders. Commentators who froth at the mouth when they read of one of the crackpot mullahs in Egypt saying noxious things about Christians and Jews are now silent. Forget about Islamic moderates for a moment. Where are America's moderates? And in this case, the extremists are not obscure characters, but rather three of the best-known religious leaders in America with tens of millions of followers and huge political influence. Franklin Graham was invited by President George W. to deliver the prayer at his inauguration last year. Islamic fundamentalists are having a field day with these comments, which have been played and replayed throughout the Muslim world. Al Jazeera's broadcast fiery call-in shows on the controversy. There have been protests in India, Malaysia, and Iran, and fundamentalists from London to Indonesia are saying, in effect, we told you that America hates Islam. Iran's theocrats have used Falwell's comments to rally the country behind their otherwise unpopular regime. Throughout the Muslim world, America's friends, the reformers, the moderates, are embarrassed while its foes are celebrating. As it confronts a war with Iraq, the United States is trying to convince the Arab world that it's not at war with its people. The White House and the State Department have devised major new programs to tell Muslims that America is concerned about their welfare. Yet our case becomes much harder to make, and genteel efforts at cultural exchange will count for nothing against the backdrop of bigoted ranting by preachers. For the next decade or so, at least, the single biggest issue for American foreign policy will be its relationship with the 1.2 billion Muslims around the world. Getting that relationship right will have a greater effect on protecting American interests, including the lives of American citizens, than any other. And Falwell, Robertson, and Graham's hate-filled campaign is lighting fires that could grow into a terrible conflagration. For the fundamentalists, September 11th solved an urgent problem. Over the past decade, they've been searching for enemies. Their old ones, abortion rights advocates and homosexuals, have not proved as useful as they had been because Americans have become more tolerant on social issues. Immediately after 9-11, Falwell and Robertson decided to use the tragedy to fire up their flock. In a joint appearance on national TV, Falwell blamed the attacks on the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, People for the American Way, all of them who have tried to secularize America. I point the finger in their face and say, you helped this happen. Robertson concurred. Other fundamentalists joined in. Billy Graham's daughter, Anne Graham Lotz, told CBS's Jane Clayson September 13th last year that the tragedy took place because Americans have shaken their fist at God and said, God, we want you out of our government, our business, our marketplace. All this backfired. In the next few weeks, the preachers were roundly condemned by hundreds of organizations, newspapers, magazines, and politicians, including President Bush. Falwell and Robertson backed down, issuing apologies and claiming disingenuously to have been quoted out of context. Since then, they've stopped peddling that particular brand of intolerance. In Muslims, they've found an easier target. As President Bush has repeatedly noted since 9-11, confronting extremism works. It'll work again on the home, at home if he would only try. Writes Fareed Zakaria. Did I call him Fred? Well, at least Fred. I would call him Chris. Good job by Chris. Yeah. Good column. And have you heard the president, by the way, disavow those comments uh, no. Since, no. since a week ago Sunday when that crap was on 60 Minutes? Of course not. Because he's scared crapless to alienate that constituency. This is this is one of the funniest things I've ever read in my life. It's obviously... <laughs> but somebody faxed it to me. Colorado judge imposes ban on same-sex friendships. <laughs> this is great. In a landmark decision being watched closely by both civil liberties advocates and people who have friends, Colorado 5th District Judge Stephen T. Rosema Tuesday upheld a statewide ban on same-sex friendships. The decision, which effectively outlaws casual, consensual, mutually friendly relationships between two individuals of the same gender, is expected to have a major impact on the legality of same-sex friendships across the U.S. 
The controversial decision is based on the case of Greeley, Colorado residents John Rooney and Frank Castaneda, two friends who were planning a weekend rock climbing trip to Yosemite National Park this July. After their travel agent informed local authorities that she suspected they were friends, a local appellate court blocked the trip, deeming it wholly inappropriate. <laughs> These two men were in great danger of enjoying each other's company, Rosama said. They may have attempted to communicate meaningfully with each other, share stories and anecdotes, or possibly even engage in physical contact, such as high-fiving after a successful climb. Such behavior the judge added, is an abomination. Rosema clarified the lower court decision, ruling that these sorts of close, mutually agreeable relations between two men are not what God had in mind when he created Adam and Eve. This is why they weren't called Adam and Steve. While conservatives are applauding the Colorado decision, many said it doesn't go far enough. Senator Strom Thurmond recently called for the ban to extend to same-sex conversations, calling them unnatural. Thurmond is the author of the much-discussed Proposition D, which would outlaw same-sex locker rooms. Men should be showering with women, not other men, though if they do shower together, they should be legally married before God. Two states, Missouri and Louisiana, have already made same-sex locker rooms illegal, instituting a mandatory co-ed policy that requires all showers to be paired with a partner of the opposite sex and legally married before entering the bathing area. Before showering at her health club Friday, Kansas City resident Jennifer Jacobs, 34, was wed to Jean Skellings, a 63-year-old executive from the suburb of Mitchell Park. I wanted to work out and then take a shower, Jacobs said, but in accordance with the law, I married Mr. Skellings and will serve him as my husband for the rest of my life. Despite supporting same-sex friendships in the 1992 campaign, calling them valuable and nurturing bonds that fit the definition of unacceptable behaviors prescribed by the Lord Christ in heaven, President Clinton said he was pleased by the judge's decision. I very much support 8 to 10 person same-sex gatherings such as ladies' bridge groups or men's poker's night, said Clinton, who confessed in playing in a monthly high-stakes poker game with top generals and heads of military-industrial establishment. Two men alone, though, no way. Despite Clinton's support, rumors persist that the president himself is engaged in a friendship with former U.S. Energy Secretary James McEwen, with whom he periodically has been seen eating lunch. Mr. McEwen is an associate of mine, and our lunches are strictly strategy sessions, Clinton said. He did not deny, however, that when playing golf with McEwen, they sometimes walk ahead of Secret Service agents and are briefly alone, a practice that has prompted many to question Clinton's suitability as a moral leader. The Colorado ruling is expected to pave the way for similar bans in other states, many of which have legislation pending. Conservatives are working not only to ban same-sex friendships on a national basis, but also to outlaw any asexual reproduction in the single-cell invertebrate community. These filthy and immoral invertebrates are not acting in accordance with the Bible, and by his holy word must be put to death, Thurman said. <laughs> Obviously a little bit old, but uh, cute. Very cute. So whatever you do, don't talk to me. Talk to Chris. He doesn't know Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you got to get to know him and Aronde and Aronde and Chris and Chris and Aronde. Be great. 67 votes already. What do you think of Neil's noon to one hour of comedy bits on Wednesday? 29. I love it. It's okay, 17. I hate it, 11. It's a waste of time, 10. So it's like uh, 46 to 22. You following that? See, he's nodding. He don't want to speak to me. Now oh, what? Want... No, no. No, you did the right thing. You not... Don't be speaking. Oh. They'll come and drag your little spick ass away, just like those two beaners yesterday. 27 I after 9. Nine... See, he's talking to me. Good I'm for Chris. documented. Won't help. Anyway, let me tell you about dial mattress right now. If you're sleeping, well, maybe you're sleeping alone. Let's only hope so, and certainly if you're sleeping with anybody else, you damn well better be married to them, and they better be old and ugly. At any rate, dial mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS is the way to get you a great new mattress for your sleeping uh, activities, whether it's with somebody else, whether it's by yourself. But mainly the sleeping part is the most important, because if your mattress is lumpy and bumpy and worn out, you're not going to sleep worth crap. So call 1-800-MATTRESS. Dial mattress will get you the best brand-name mattress in the world at an unbeatable everyday low price. They got them all. They got Serta and Sealy. They got Simmons. They got King Coil. The names you know and love. 
And when you call Dial a Mattress, what a deal all the way around. Because you pick the day in the two-hour window for delivery when it's convenient for you. Any day, seven days a week, like between 10 and noon, 1 and 3, 214 and 414, etc. And you get that unbeatable 30-day in-home comfort guarantee so you can test the mattress out the right way by sleeping on it and screwing your brains out on it for up to a month. Pick up the phone and call them right now. They'll be there knocking on your door in no time at all. 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on the web, if you like, at mattress.com. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. Q-A-M-U-A-M. George. In yet another feeble attempt for a morning number, the 560 WQAM Programming Brain Trust proudly presents the Mo Howard Show. And the uh, two other people that are in the studio. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Mo Howard Show. Hey, look, look, we're on the air. Oh, oh, where, where? Over here, you moron. No, don't hurt, Mo. Ah, uh, pull your pants down and help me with the show. Okay. Say, how about that Ricky Williams? My, you. Now, see here, you moron. We ain't talking about no fish on my show, see? Only sports I like. Now, come here, you muttonhead. <laughs> Say, get a load of that dame over there. What's her name? Oh, that's Carolyn. Say, you think I ought to... Don't do it, Mo. It's a family show. Out of my way. No, Mo. Hey, baby, come Not here. a good idea. I'm a big star, you know. Come on, <laughs> sweet cakes. I just want to touch your hair. Come on, baby. I just want to Don't miss the Mo Howard Show each and every morning on 560 WQAM. Not that anybody cares anymore. We blew most of the audience off already, so so why not? Hello, George. 932 at 560. At least speaking to you. Now, didn't I yesterday, toward the end of the show, even when these numbers came out, and it's obvious that they really need some serious help there in the morning, and he's costing us money the rest of the day by costing us bonus money? By bringing the whole station down with the lowest number on the radio station. Even Robert knew that this morning, that they got the lowest number on the whole station. But at any rate, uh, didn't I extend the hand of friendship and said that we wanted you to bond with him? Hug. We want to embrace him. I don't mean physically. Oh, but I mean like, you know, just uh, generally speaking, that we want to be a team. All the rest of us are extending our hands of friendship, and he's like rejecting us. I notice he don't even promote the Mad Dog anymore because I guess that's too close to that uh, Jufag Jizz Guzzler. So he don't even promote him. He starts with a humper and then moves through the rest of the day in terms of his idea of promoting the station. See, you're costing us money. Otherwise, we wouldn't care because the rest of us don't care if you get like a point one Mo. Uh, we couldn't care less. But the fact is that when it costs everybody else money, then we do care. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Some like of us if, can't afford it. Like if uh, somebody should get struck by a bolt of lightning out in the parking lot, then we do care. See? If it comes at a very inopportune time. But the fact of the matter is that uh, those hour-by-hour numbers will be on what? Today or tomorrow? Do we know? No, we don't know. Well, it would be nice if somebody would tell us if they were working feverishly on that right now. I'm sure High Boy is uh, I hope High Boy is down there banging on it and twisting it and yanking it and getting ready for Treasure Island and all these other things. Searching for it. Because somebody, and maybe little Maddie Bell, maybe he'll pop his little ugly head in the door here before the show is over and say, Here you go. Here you go. Or maybe the door will open and there will be somebody uh, stomping on that walker. You know, he's a lot more dangerous on the walker than he was in the chair. Yeah, he couldn't fall over on the chair. Right. The chair, at least, was uh, fairly immobile. It moved very slowly. Stable. But the walker, he's like trampling along, man. You just you don't want to be in front of that when uh, the Schmidt hits the fan. Or when, there. When and you certainly don't want to be in there when the Schmidt hits the can, believe me. Oh, he can fit all the way in there, by the way, with the walker. Yeah. He can take the walker in with him. The only problem is he can't get out. Because the walker blocks the doorway and he has no way to get it out of there. At any rate, 
The highest-ranking Boston Archdiocese official implicated in the clergy's sex abuse crisis admitted to molesting three boys more than 20 years ago, a friend of the priest alleged in sworn testimony filed yesterday in Boston. Monsignor Frederick J. Ryan, who was vice chancellor under Cardinal Umberto Medeiros, admitted to molesting three boys when confronted by his friend, former Boston Bruins, Chris Nyland, according to Nyland's sworn testimony filed in Suffolk Superior Court. By the way, how about them Bruins kicking my Leafs last night 4-1? The Leafs suck. Man, they suck. And Eddie, the, uh, the Beagle, sucks. No goaltending, man. Cujo gets a shutout, and we're letting in like a sieve. Ryan allegedly sexually abused Gary Garland, David Carney, and a third unnamed man, and maintained a sexual relationship with the unnamed man until three years ago, Nyland said, when questioned under oath in a lawsuit brought by Carney against Ryan and the Archdiocese. Nyland, 44, a friend of both Ryan and the three alleged victims, confronted Ryan after allegations surfaced earlier this year. I needed some answers for my own sanity, said Nyland, whose marriage ceremony was conducted by Ryan. Having done confession with him before, I had to hold him to supposedly what is his morals and values of the church were. Nyland testified that he demanded to know if the allegations were true, and Ryan then admitted that he abused all three boys during a trip to Rhode Island. It was then that he also admitted to the longer relationship with the unnamed man, Nyland testified. He told me that he had continued a relationship with this kid up till about three years ago, a sexual relationship which kind of floored me, Nyland said of the unnamed alleged victim. Nyland's attorney, Francis J. Demento, Jr., I wonder if he's kin to Dr. Demento, said his client really didn't want to be involved in this but understood his legal responsibility to testify. Demento asked about Nyland's specific allegations, said he had nothing to add to what was included in the deposition, said it was unlikely that Nyland would comment himself. Attorney Timothy P. O'Neill, who represents Ryan, and Mark C. Rogers, who represents the Archdiocese in the case, of course, did not return a call seeking comment. Nyland, said Ryan, initially didn't recall who Carney was till he mentioned a tattoo that Carney got in Rhode Island, allegedly on the trip with Ryan. You know what rhymes with tattoo? Screw. Ryan was pastor of St. Joseph Church in Kingston, head of the Plymouth uh, Vic Vicariate. I give up. Well, that's a new one on me. I mean, obviously we know what that is, but we just don't say that again. Overseeing 16 southern parishes of the Boston Archdiocese when the charges arose, he is suspended, has in the past refused to comment. Daniel J. Shea, attorney for Garland and Carney, took Nyland's deposition in June. He has since parted with his clients. Garland was arrested in March after driving past Ryan's home in Revere, then fleeing by car when spotted by Chelsea police. He underwent a psychiatric evaluation after police feared he went there to hurt Ryan or himself. Ryan was a chaplain at Catholic Memorial High School in Boston, where Nyland and Carney both played hockey, though they were nine years apart. Nyland played with the NHL for 15 years, ten with the Montreal Canadiens, two with the Bruins. And by the way, Don Cherry's very lame defense of Harold Ballard on Coach's Corner Saturday night was enough to make me puke, okay? Still in denial, Graves. Still in denial. Former Bellingham priest accused of sexual abuse arrested in Canada. Speaking of that, boy, don't tell me there's more of this crap going on. I thought we're supposed to be like all sniper all day now. Aren't we? Aren't we? All talking head sniper talk all day. And then, of course, it's um, Aranda and Chris and Chris and Aranda. Seriously, three solid hours of good job by Chris, and that was it. And this man wonders why the numbers are in the crapper, and he's in denial telling the audience that his show never sounded better. Well, if that's the case, boy, he's got real problems. If it never sounded better than this morning. To say it was narrow casting, to say it was one-dimensional, to say it was just repetitive, redundant, uh, 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 grotesque would be a compliment. You know what? So did Matty Bell come in yet with those hour-by-hour? Hour? No, no, not I, yet. I can't I wait. I want him now. I want him right now. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe he had a giant uh, three hours. Maybe our year nine to ten hours sucked. Yeah, that could very that well could be. be. Maybe Mad Dog had two huge numbers there in September, and we uh, sucked wind. Maybe there are 20%. Uh, Maybe there's 90% of the uh, trained monkeys are gone, okay? Because after all, now that I'm sitting here doing periodicals uh, on the air, what is it, what is it called again, Tom? Periodicals on audio. 
people like Tom Jicka aren't listening. Do you think there's any chance that Tom Jicka isn't listening? Is there any chance of that? No. No, he's listening right now. He's got his thumb on the dial. He's got it turned up so goddamn loud that the people of the Sun Sentinel are having a nervous breakdown. Turn it down a little bit, Tom, okay? Turn down that goddamn uh, periodicals on audio. A retired priest indicted in Worcester Superior Court for 32 counts of indecent assault and battery has been arrested in Canada following an international extradition request made by the Worcester District Attorney's Office in August. Don't you love that Worcester sauce? I love it. Worcestershire. The Reverend Paul de Soleil was arrested in Joliet, Quebec. We've had uh, stuff about him in the past and is scheduled to be arraigned today, according to a statement issued by Worcester District Attorney John J. Cotty. According to the indictments, De Soleil, 78, allegedly abused 18 former Alder boys between 1978 and 84. A 10-year statute of limitations in effect at the time was suspended when De Soleil left the state in 1984 and moved to Canada, eh? How do you like that? Now, what's this a fax? If you didn't hear the interview of Chris Carter by Moe and Gildy, here it is. Oh, here's a, uh, here's a rundown on it, something about uh, <laughs> rape me. Look at that. This is this is beautiful. Maybe I'll have time to read this, but I, I doubt it. It looks like it's blasphemous, okay? Don't be knocking our close buddy Mo, okay, that we're trying to bond with now. Which evidently he didn't take too kindly to that because the rumor according to that one fax was he ripped both of us an ass between 6 and 6.05 when he knows that nobody's awake yet, including me. Well, we should try some gold bond. Maybe that'll work. You think so? Maybe Ward Bond might do it. Or maybe Chris Bond. He doesn't know Chris. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if there is a Chris Bond, but there must be somewhere there might be a Chris Bond. 105 votes. On the poll so far, and this is a Tuesday, so just this is a tabloid Tuesday, by the way. I got all the tabloid stuff. I don't know. This this week's tabloid stuff was relatively. I mean, there's some okay stuff here, but not... by the way, thank you, Bill. Oh yeah, thanks, Bill, for the magazines. And to think I went well, I wouldn't have had time anyway. And Anderson News. Thanks to Bill and Anderson News for bringing us a whole crapload of magazines, and especially George's Dirty Magazines you got this morning. Yeah, man. You get any Dirty Magazines? See, only in America would they call them dirty magazines. In America, where we see it's okay, it's okay to run around with guns and kill people, but it's dirty to look at pictures of naked people. That's bad. There are a couple, but there isn't the new Playboy with Christy Swanson. Naked really people be bad, but guns are good. Oh, let's uh, make sure. And of course, like you said to me, and you're right, but you know me, I just can't. I can't deal with it. It's way too late. All this business about gun control, forget about it. We too are late. The wild West, when everybody then. in America has got 75 guns and an arsenal of weapons, I mean, what's the point? You know? And we got a cowboy, a gunslinger for president. So it kind of fits right in. Started with that old gunslinger Ronnie Ray gun back in 80. Let's just all get one. That way we'll be even. One? Oh, Several. You better get with it, mister. One for everybody. Oh, evidence week. markers seen near the woods is what they're saying about this latest shooting this morning. And now they're saying, by the way, it was a bus driver. The bus driver on that bus that got shot, not a passenger. The bus driver. They keep changing their tune every five minutes. 20 before 10 at 560 WQAM. Let me tell you about a place that never changes their tune. They're doing the same great things for you now. They have been for the last 2,000 years. Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach, where they continue to give you the best selection of men's and women's shoes, the best service in town, and prices that every single day of your life are unbeatable. Now, I'm wondering if this tag is correct because it says week of 1014, and I haven't seen bald-headed Troy yet today. I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't know. See, this is a, See, they're probably all packed up and getting ready to go to Vegas. They can't be bothered with us. At any rate, Brandy's has got your size and the shoe you want in stock all the time. The top names in the world, they got Rockport's, SAS, Sperry, Timberland, Naturalizer, and lots more. In fact, Troy's probably suiting up getting ready for practice to line up with the Dolphins this weekend. Or next, whenever the hell they're playing, a week from Monday. Brandy's is open every day, 9 to 9. Sunday's 10 to 5. You'll find them at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Like I said, they're unbeatable all the way around for selection, service, and price. And all this week, we think, I don't know if this is still going on. If not, blame it on Troy Stratford. Tell the guys up at Brandy's, hey, Troy's an asshole. Is that, oh, man, are you right? 
This week at Brandy's, Rockport's on sale. Men's boat shoes only forty-four ninety. Men's pro walkers only forty-nine ninety. Only this week, maybe at Brandy's in Pompano, we think. Live and local. This is five sixty. The radio's all yours now. QAM. I am a pussy. Planning your next vacation? Looking for excitement in exotic locations? Then make your next pleasure trip a memorable one. Visit Palestine. Relax as you dine in newly remodeled open-air restaurants. Marvel at the view of the morning sunrise from your open-air hotel room. Experience the cultural differences between Israel and Palestine and back to Israel again. All from the comfort of the local marketplace as it changes hands each day. You'll be blown away. So plan your next excursion to the land of enchantment, Palestine. We're just a stone's throw away from the Gaza Strip and Hebron and Jerusalem. And do I like that? 944-560 WQAM. Let's see what's going on here at Suburban Hospital there. Like, uh... Those details from the police. There was the bullet still in his body. Um, I, I just can't comment on you that. You can't, can't comment. I'm sorry. Don't you love that? Every, everybody that we can't comment on that. Did you see the 84th press conference with Moosey Man yesterday, the one where he kept saying, uh, can't, it wouldn't be appropriate to comment on that at this time. Everything that we'd be doing is, uh, do you see that one? No, I turn it right off when I see the Moosey Oh, man, come on. You better I'm watch the Moosey Man. He's very entertaining. Yeah, well. But he can't comment about the investigation and he can't comment about, but he said that, uh, together we will, uh, get this, uh, solved. Together, if we work together. Seriously, stop and think about the resources they use. I mean, these are the people that we're entrusting to catch anybody, and they think that this guy's actually going to give them the number of a payphone, and he's going to show up there at an appointed time. I mean, let's get serious. But at least they caught those two beaners. Let's hear it for them. huh? They called in INS. They're going to deport those bastards, and America's a lot safer today because we got two beaners out who were looking for day work. Boy. I don't want to say that confidence on my part is low, but this uh, this could go on for a very long time. You do understand that. could go on for a very, very long time. And these people know absolutely nothing. It's, it, I, I will say this. I give a lot of credit to people on these talking head channels, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News, to be able to fill up 24 hours a day. This is even better than Chris and Aranda and Jimmy and Danny. With a bunch of people who haven't got any idea what they're talking about. They don't know who it is, who they are, where they live, what they look like, their shoe size. They know nothing. And then Paul is breathlessly on there about that note, you know, that they found on Saturday. About the note, well, he did, the, the, the rumor was that there was a promise in there of more violence. As if, as if we expected him to stop? Like he had to threaten, he had to give them like a, like a warning? Just like sending a message to Joey Zaza, you know, I mean, well, what's the point? Don't send no message. He's just going to go out there and, uh, unfortunately, kill some more innocent people. Yeah, we already know that. Victim is a male about 40 years old, and uh, he's either was the bus driver of that bus or was not, all depending on which report you believe this morning. Here's something a little bit lighter, okay? Can we lighten it up just a little bit now? Yes. Child molesting priest and people getting shot by some crazy-ass sniper and Mo getting all bent out of shape because his numbers suck. Hey, don't blame us, Mo. We're rooting for you. We're waiting for that month when you throw in a really big number. And what he doesn't understand is because he's alienated virtually everybody in the building, he's also alienated a great deal of the audience. So even if they do listen to his show, a lot of them aren't going to write it down. You follow what I'm saying? They're not going to put it down in those diaries. And this is the same man, by the way, who came on here not too awfully long ago and encouraged his audience, don't listen to the show that follows him. You see what I'm saying? So talk about teamwork, talking about this is a man who's working against us. 
You see what I'm talking about? I, I see. Costing us money. He's encouraging his audience. If I ever said that, I'd be the biggest son of a bitch. And I do just the opposite. I encourage everybody to listen to the station 25 hours a day because we need the money. George needs that extra bonus badly. Not that he'd ever get it, but he needs it badly. And to think of the fact that we got some guy coming on the air and telling people, don't listen to that show that follows me. Talk about a hard ass. But let me ask you something. How's Chris and Arande doing? Now, you'll like this story. Although, before I do this story, I should mention something very bad. The price of chocolate is going to go soaring now because you know where most of the cocoa comes from? South America, doesn't it? No? No. Ivory Coast. Okay, all right. And, of course, they're having all of that civil unrest there, and we just right. had all those people evacuated there, and lots of crap going on there, which I know in Africa is very unusual. But at any rate, so as a result, there's a shortage. Whatever so it takes. Price man. of chocolate is... But here's the good news. Perugia. Have you ever been in Perugia, Italy? I guess not. No. I haven't either, but I hear it's a great place. Chocolate statues, cocoa-flavored pasta, even solid chocolate Pinocchio noses are some of the sweets on display at an annual week-long festival going on right now dedicated to the food of the gods, chocolate. An estimated 30,000 people converged on the Umbrium city of Perugia, about 100 miles north of Rome, for the first weekend of the Euro Chocolate Festival. This year's theme is chocolate and cinema. To celebrate, Tuscan chocolatier Simone di Castro, constru- oh, Castro. Simone di Castro constructed life-size characters from the newly released Roberto Benigni film Pinocchio, all made of solid chocolate. Visitors could marvel at the sculptures in a Pinocchio. You know something? There is no language that sounds better than Italian. Now, you'll say, you know, that business about Spanish if it's spoken. No, I wasn't pr- going to say that. No. Well, we I'm did that with... about it. Oh. And I, even though I have no idea what most of it means. I mean, I did have my five minutes of Italian. Thanks, Dr. Jack. But uh, I don't know what it means. But I, I can read it, you know. I can read it fairly well. That does sound pretty good. So it's like a scam. You know, I read it like I have some idea what I'm talking about, which I don't. Like everything else. You know, I talk a lot. I have no idea what I'm talking about. That's what that one asshole said. Oh, that uh, Nietzsche uh, Himmler guy. I got another fax from him yesterday, by the way, who's still listening and also hates Mo. I forgot I forgot that fax. Here's a guy who's upset with my liberal, my left-wing re- readings and rantings, but he still takes the time yesterday to fax me and let me know he hates Mo. They hate you, Mo. Visitors could marvel at these sculptures in a Pinocchio village where DeCastro sold Pinocchio cups and T-shirts, as well as Pinocchio noses. Cone-shaped chunks of chocolate sold in weights ranging from two ounces to more than three pounds. Mm, bring it on. We can't make enough noses, assistant Pamela Fontana Marvel. People just keep buying them. At a special event this past Sunday, five sculptors on platform sculpted huge hunks of chocolate into Star Trek uh, Drek characters and scenes from La Dolce Vita, throwing scraps to crowds who gathered to watch. For the baby, some parents yelled. For your father, for your father, as they held up young children over their shoulders trying to get a piece of the prized shaving. George would like to get a piece of a prize shaving, probably from Britney's crotch. The Euro Chocolate, Fest- the Euro Chocolate Festival has been held every year since 1996 in Perugia, home of per- Perugina. Have you ever had Perugina chocolates? I think I have. Was it Doris Markets that used to bring those in? I think it was. No. A long time ago. Or was, was it Lorenzo's? One of them. One of them. Used to send Perugina chocolates. They're pretty damn good. Uh, maker of Italy's famous bocce hazelnut and chocolate candy. Ever had bocce's? Trying to think. Perugina, Lint, and Valrona were among the vendors selling their sweets during the festival, which ends Sunday. While some visitors found prices for the top-name brands too high and the crowds too large, others relished in the extremes of chocoholism. In an all-chocolate beauty salon, chocolate soap, marizan, marizpan, uh, was it? Marzipan. See, I'm, I'm getting carried away now. Just calm down. I start with a chocolate, I get very upset. Have you ever seen that show, uh, Death by Chocolate, that guy on TV on the uh, food? No, that's no. right. You don't watch the cooking shows. You just watch the uh, crap. 
Uh, let's see. An all-chocolate beauty salon, chocolate soap, marzipan, body lotion, and cappuccino bubble bath were on sale. Saleswomen gave free chocolate baths, chocolate tattoos, even styled hair with chocolate paint and chocolate-covered berries. Time is precious, a well-dressed man said after he had his hair styled with chocolate. You need to spend it on beautiful things. Ain't that a beautiful thing? Like chocolate. In Perugia. Mm. See, we could be in Perugia having the chocolate from head to toe Whoa. just covered in it. Yeah. Licking it. Sucking it. Enjoying it. And instead, we're sitting here and uh, watching people get shot every day. Because this is a crazy, a crazy people with guns. That's America for you. Crazy people with guns. Oh, speaking of that, Brazil police thwart bomb plot. I'm so glad that somebody else has got crazy people besides us. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Police thwarted a plan by organized crime to blow up the Sao Paulo Stock Exchange with a car packed with explosives, authorities said yesterday. A car carrying about 65 pounds of explosives was found early yesterday in a highway near the city of Campinas, 50 miles northwest. Did I say Campinas? You did. 50 miles northwest of Sao Paulo said Godofredo Betancourt. Godofredo? You go. And see Fredo? Head of the organized crime division of the Sao Paulo police. I'd rather see Chris myself. Or at least a Ronde. Police blocked the highway and deca deactivated the explosives which were found in the suitcase along with dirty laundry, Bittencourt said. Carlos Alberto de Silva, I thought he was the uh, Boston Strangler. The spokesman for the Sao Paulo State Security Department blamed the first Capitol Command, the same group that planned a deadly prison rebellion in February 2001. Using wiretaps, our intelligence service intercepted phone calls that helped uncover the plot, Silva said. They discovered we knew what they were planning and abandoned the car. He said police arrested Petrolina Maria de Carvalho Felicio. Oh, I like that. She's got 16 different names. Petrolina Maria de Carvalho Felicio, the wife of Jose Marcio Felicio, a jail leader of the first Capitol Commando by its acronym PCC. She carried messages from her husband to other PCC members who would execute the plan, Silva said. Newspapers reported the bombing was planned for Sunday when Brazilians cast ballots in a runoff election for Presidente. And they're famous for, like a lot of these, bombings and blowing stuff up in Brazil, like all over Latin America, because it's the Latin American effing way. Not as much as in Colombia, of course. Uh-oh. Now, we already know about the Harry Belafonte thing, but I like that. You know, it's, it's well worth it. We don't want to skate over that too lightly. Harry Belafonte, the Calypso, this is from Fox News today, the Calypso singer and dancer who emerged as a hot young star during the era of backdoor entry for black entertainers. I, that's a bad line, you know, backdoor entry for black entertainers. Yeah. That sounds like... Rectum. Doesn't like the two most prominent black officials entering through the front door. Earlier this month, Belafonte accused Secretary of State Colin Powell as being a house slave for adhering to the party line of administration Belafonte clearly opposes. There's an old saying in the days of slavery, there are those slaves on the plantation and there were those slaves who lived in the big house. You got the privilege of living in the house to serve the master. Colin Powell was permitted to come into the house of the master, Belafonte said on a radio talk show in San Diego. Belafonte also accused National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice of turning her back on black people. And while Powell earlier shook off the statements with a laughing dismissal, both leaders responded this weekend to the charges they don't properly represent. I think it's unfortunate that Harry found it necessary to use that kind of reference, Powell said on Fox News Sunday. I don't know what reference he would use to white cabinet officers who were in the house of the master. Powell, probably crackers. Powell said Belafonte had the right to attack his politics, but added, I'm serving my nation, I'm serving this president, my president, our president, and I'm very happy to be doing so, he said. Rice speaking Sunday on a news program also retorted, everybody should be able to debate views, but I don't need Harry Belafonte to tell me what it means to be black. But Belafonte, 75, wasn't the last black American to harp on Powell and Rice for backing the Bush administration. Civil rights activist and General uh, Schmidt disturber Jesse Jackson jumped into the phrase Sunday when he told a black church that Powell is not on our team. It's kind of like here, Mo is not on our team. 
He's on the Chris and Aranda team, but he's sure not on our team. When I say our team, I mean the whole rest of the radio station. The barrage has conservative African-Americans up in arms, both of them. The Democratic race-baiting machine is now in full motion, said Nigger Innes, uh, Niger Innes of the Congress of Racial Equality. I always say that, you know, well, his name is N-I-G-E-R. Maybe he's from Nigeria. Niger Innes of the Congress of Racial Equality Corps. Innes said the politically correct crowd views black Republicans as sellouts, not successes. Absolutely correct. <laughs> he sure got a good point. They believe for you to be authentically black, you have to toe their line. If you don't toe their line, then you should be disciplined. And the way they discipline you is to call you names and by chastising you, not by challenging you on your policies and asking for a full debate and discussion on the issue, but throwing stones at you. Author and columnist Earl Hutchinson added that the debate demonstrates how independent thinking blacks are chastised for not towing a liberal line. Some blacks have said that Belafonte has made a point since Powell and Rice are products of a Bush political machine that chose them to be members of the team. James Cohn, author of Martin and Malcolm and America, a Dream or a Nightmare, said Malcolm X criticized mainstream civil rights leaders and groups as the black leadership which was chosen by the dominant white society. Now didn't the Bush administration choose Powell? So what's the difference, Cohn said? It's not a nice thing to say, but the truth is, the truth is often very provocative and hurtfully said. That's right. The truth hurts, Mo. The truth hurts. It's painful. It's enough to make you flip your lid. God damn it. Speaking of lid, how's uh, Steve M. doing? Well, I should ask the ponytail about that. Because the other pizza loft's in Davy. I bet your ponytail knows Steve M. You think? He probably knows him real well. And by the way, ponytail, I'm wearing a real nice shirt today. You'd be pleased about that. I don't need any lessons coming from him on, uh, you know, on uh, being a, a fashion plate. That could be the title of your book. What's wrong with my shirt? Yeah, what? Well, I've had so many people. Uh, that shirt, you saw the shirt I was wearing yesterday. It's a it's shirt. It's fine. It's just a shirt. It's, it's just a, a pocket, shirt. It's buttons, not a color. I thought, I thought it's I like that shirt. It was a color. It was colorful. It was a little bit, you know, loud. Gay? Uh, I didn't want to say it was, you know, now you're getting carried away. Gay. Okay, he said it, see? It was a little bit gay. So today, now this shirt I'm wearing today is beyond reproach, okay? Right, light brown. Stripes. No, no, it's not brown. It's kind of, I don't know. It's like a, it's like nondescript, but it's like certainly not out of date. No. Is it? You need to go to Austin Burke. <laughs> One of our fine sponsors, by the way, George, so watch it. 957 at 560 WQA. If I could look, if I could be a fashion plate like Jeff Cohen, I'd really have it made. I'd have young guys just, uh, both sides right now, just crawling all over me. Instead, what have I got? Tom Lehman. Oh. Now, Tom's a good guy. He's just old and ugly, you know. Tom Lehman at Hallett Pontiac GMC say, no tricks this Halloween, just treats. And believe me, Tom, I don't want no trick from you. Announcing the great 0% Halloween event going on right now at Hallett. And, oh, speaking of Hallett, you know who I saw in the elevator yesterday? Bob Eisenberg. He had some caustic comments about Moe's numbers. Yes, with approved credit from GMAC, get 0% financing. Speaking of Moe's numbers, 0% financing up to 60 months on all 2002 Pontiacs and GMC models and select 2003s or take a rebate of up to four grand. Here's even more good news. No payments for up to 90 days. Check out the complete line, as always, of GMC SUVs, including that snappy Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as SUV of the year. And like I told you yesterday, don't get a white one. Plus, see the all-new Pontiac Vibe SUV with the power of a fancy-schmancy sports car. Here's Duff with some of those hour-by-hour uh, -hour numbers. Not. Come on, do something useful for us. Go beat Maddie Bell over the head. Tell him we want the numbers now. We want the hour-by-hour. -hour. Power had a big book. You know that uh, what that crap they played on the hall? 
Hallett's also got a great selection of used cars, trucks, and SUVs, dependable ones, no limits on that lot. And if credit is a problem for you, if you've been a deadbeat most of your life, if you never had a job, if you're like a scumbag, they'll still cut you a deal at Hallett Pontiac. Don't forget, it's the great 0% Halloween event that's going on right now at Hallett Pontiac, and you'll find them in the same great location. They've been doing people right for over 35 years. 13401 South Dixie Highway, U.S. one across from the falls. Hallett Pontiac GMC, who be professional grade. Sports Radio 560, QAM. Chamberlain, rate me. It's lots of bucks they wanted. It's lots of bucks they needed, yeah. And I just got the boot now, and my, my launch got back. Okay, I got one question for all you folks out there. How's Chris and Aronde doing? 1003 at 560 WQAM. Happy Tuesday to you. How's the poll doing? Because I better keep a close eye on this because this is the prelude to tomorrow's show, whether we do that noon to one uh, comedy bits hour every Wednesday. We've been doing that for what, about a month now? Just a month? Longer than that? Feels it go, like it. goes back to Toronto. I know I started doing it up there. Now, what precipitated that? I remember one day. I don't know, you were feeling your voice hurt or your. Oh, it's back alien. when I had. By the way, thanks again, Dr. Hampt, for solving my sinus. You notice I have no more of that? Even with the uh, uh, QM allergies here? I got some sorbitol drops, too. Should it act up again? Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think of Neil's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits are? We asked 150 votes. A nice even number so far. I love it, 61. It's okay, 44. See, the people, I always put one in there for the people who don't want to get over-enthusiastic. You know, oh, it's okay, you know. How do I look today? Uh, okay. Yeah, not too good with that Had shirt. That shirt yeah. uh, it's a waste of <laughs> It's a waste of time, 25, and I hate it. Hate it. Good for Chris. 20. So let's see, positive 105, negative 45. So it seems almost overwhelming so far that they like that noon to one. It's a nice break, especially with all these depressing things going on. Another guy getting shot this morning, the bus driver, 40-year-old guy who's in the hospital now in uh, Maryland. As the beat goes on, and this uh, Moosey man, between the Moosey man and, uh, and uh, what's her name? I think they'll solve the problem. What's her name? On CNN. Judy Woodruff? No, not Judy Woodruff. No, Judy's praying to God. Paula's on. Judy's uh, praying to God. Paula. Paula, you got to say Paula. right. Paula. Paula. address that with them. Okay, good. I'm glad you will, Paula. Yeah, maybe we can get Leon Harris there. In fact, look at that. What a psychic moment, Leon Harris. Where that uh, note was found. Let's check. I hadn't, you noticed I wasn't looking up. I was looking right straight down. And who's on the screen there? Leon Harris for only a moment or two. He said something about Kirby Puckett. Lives in Nantucket. Gave him a lollipop, and he sure could suck it. Isn't that what he said? And then he said something about... Good job by Chris. Yeah. Now, this thing about what's the difference between a priest and a pimple, that's old, you know. And I'm not going to read that. That's in very poor taste. Oi! 
Anyway, moving right along, here's one for George. Blake test-fired murder weapon in his own home, says sister-in-law. See, uh, you and your buddy Robert Blake, partners well, in he, crime. he did it. What? He did it, no oh. question. Oh, so, in other words, you don't defend the uh, notion that he's innocent. He no, did he's it. not innocent. He did it, but he, we ought to let him off for, uh, because he deserves No, he I didn't even say it. that either. He deserves whatever's coming to him, but the bitch had it coming. Well, how, well, now, what law covers that? No, no law. Vigilantes have like to go to jail. I like that law about that thing about, you know, two men. That was great. I still can't get over that. Somebody put a lot of work into creating that. Took it off somebody's website, no doubt. You know where it probably was? It was probably on that, uh, what's that one, yucks.com or that? Yucks. Yucks. Yucks.com. And so Muff comes in here, and he brings me all of these numbers. Man, he is working feverishly. It's a good thing now he's got his own new office in there, and he's got a different title. He's working feverishly on numbers. Big, big office, by the way. Yeah, he's got windows. a big office now. Deservedly so. Nice going, Muff. It's about time they took care of you, okay? Christ's sakes, after they jammed you up in that little high chair like an infant. You know who's sitting in the high chair now, though, don't you? Yes, I do. Banging that spoon. <laughs> you know who's doing that? That cranky old man, grumpy old man. Grandpa. Grandpa Mo. Anyway. See, this this is bad. Now, why did he get started? I thought that I thought that we would, like, you know, now that I'm back in town, like, you know, bond a little bit, like I said, like Barry Bonds. Oh, that's right. Forget. Forget about Barry Bonds because that's like World Series talk. Now, you could have invited him to the pizza loft with you. No. I don't want to lose my appetite. In addition to which, Ponytail will want to see that piece. And Ponytail told me about that dolphin banquet and what a horrendous job Mo did at that banquet and telling all these corny, stale, old New York-y jokes. He said it was embarrassing. That's what I'm just quoting what Ponytail said. You know what a good, upstanding guy Ponytail is. He's not the kind of guy who would say that, you know, to like just to suck up. You know, he just told me that as being a matter of fact. And I thought, oh well. Anyway, so uh, men 25 to 54. Look at this. Not that we want to start with these numbers again, because this audience, I, I'm, I apologize, but people in the business like to know this stuff, especially in our business. Last summer, and I thought 40% of the trained monkeys were gone. See, if you read the numbers right, Mo, come to find out. That uh, we actually went up. Now, he might say, well, last summer the morning show was a 3.3. It was ninth, and we were a 3.6. Yeah, but last summer was 6 to 10 a.m., the more the worst team, see? 6 to 10. They had, they took care of their own four, uh, four hours. They didn't have to have some other old fart come in here and, like, bail your ass out and lift you up a full point. So this summer was 3.6, but if you take a point away from that, it's like a 2.6. And believe me, it's going to be at least a point. Trust me. I got, take that to the bank. And my point being, you know, I, I was thinking, and it's a good thing I didn't say it yesterday, because when it comes to the ratings, I do like to be accurate. I was thinking that ever since we've been on this radio station, we've been number one in men in every book. And right. I, for, I forgot about your debacle last summer. Sorry. Oh, you asshole, man. What a schmuck. You, you, I, I didn't even know. I'm a, I must have been in such a good mood coming back from Amsterdam that I just uh, overlooked this. It was the tapes. Yeah, it was the tapes. My fat old ass, okay? 5.3 fifth. Fifth, not well, just not, not, not just show. not number one, but number five. Let's put tapes on during Hank's show. Watch what happens to his. What numbers. kind of a? Oh yeah, it must have been the tapes, man. You are in such denial. What happened to IOD? Was see, the let's tapes. turn it around. What was on this year instead of the tapes? It was there Neil on see? Tuesdays and Thursdays once in a while when he wasn't sick right. and when he felt like it. And, uh, instead of that, those awful tapes. A real live breathing. But meal. you sound like Fat Boy now. You sound like somebody needs a crutch. You got to learn to stand up on your own, Mister, on your own. I mean, what about a confidence feet. that is after the the first summer was an eight two to have tapes again the, the following year? Well, didn't we have tapes the first summer? Yeah. Yeah. So so how could the tapes have been the problem? Well then, how did so we get was. how did we get an eight two with three days of George and two days with tapes and then we went down to a five three? Too many goddamn Dwight Lauderdale eating ass stories is what you were doing. That's the All problem. Right. That was it. 
That was disgusting. Talking about Ann Bishop's body being brought back Ew. to the building. That was that was nasty. Well, see, even you can't handle it. And Dwight getting down there. That's why I had to shave off his mustache. Starting to get on Ann's nerves a little bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now I feel like I'm getting even a little bit anyway. Anyway, a 5-3 and number 5 last summer, 5-9 and number 1 this summer. So, Mo, contrary to more misinformation you're giving out this morning, about 40% of the train monkeys are gone. That was from the spring book, you know, when oh, was here all spring. That's why they pay me the big buck, schmuck. And let me point one other thing out to you, too, since the numbers are, although he's trying to say that they mean nothing, let me point something else out. Your number in this book, in men, is going to be more than double his number. If he has a 2-6, yeah. I mean, there's no question about that because you already got a 5 now. It's going to be a 6-something. It's going to be at least double, like two-and-a-half times. So that means you ought to be making two-and-a-half times what he's making. How do you like that? And because I did a couple of shows in there to boost you up a little bit, we'll take the half out. You ought to be making double what he's making. You ought to be, be making a big one with six zeros after it, if my arithmetic is correct. How do I'll you like that? that? Huh? Hey, I'll take half of what he's making for getting twice the number. Right. that That's a good deal. That sounds like a good deal to me. What do you say, Greg? No. Putz? He doesn't know Chris. Oh, that's the problem. See, if you knew Chris, you'd probably get about two, three million a year out of this joint. If you talk more about important things besides eating ass, if you talk about maybe Chris eating Aranda's ass, then the sports nerds get really excited. Then they start squeezing themselves and squeezing the radio and squeezing those diaries and putting your name down. Just remember, Jimmy and Danny and Chris and Aranda. Next summer, keep okay. that in mind. <laughs> Write it down. Ten past ten at 560 WQM. Let's face it, you've been hearing about Fast Train for a long time on this show and wondered if maybe it makes sense for you. Well, the facts are simple, like many of you folks. If you have the dedication, Fast Train will provide you with the necessary training to become a certified computer professional. According to Time Magazine, the demand for computer professionals will continue to explode. Our average student completes. Now, why do we say our? Their average student completes. I don't work there. See, they always like doing that to me. Who, who wrote that? Oh, Todd Dreck. There you go. Todd Dreck's average student completes the training in just four short months, attending school three nights a week. Once you've completed your certification, Fast Train will assist you in getting your new computer job. Fast Train invites you to come in, visit their trained career counselor, and determine which track is ideal for you. Which track's ideal for you, George, Hialeah or Pompano? Call Fast Train toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN to set up your appointment with four convenient locations in Kendall, Pembroke Pines, Miami, and uh, Fort Lauderdale. So there's bound to be one nearby you. Don't forget to ask the career counselor for a list of students just like you who are currently in their dream jobs. Call Fast Train today toll-free. Get out of your dead-end job. Stop surrounding yourself with a bunch of losers. Call Fast Train toll-free, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web at fasttrain.com. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560 QAM. Wear of exploding balls. McDonald's is cutting the fat in their fries, but here at McDougal's, we're upping the fat. Let's up the fat. Why eat healthy when you can enjoy those good old grease-soaked, artery-clogging French fries at McDougal's? Let's up the fat. McDougal's has doubled the fat, doubled the flavor, and doubled the size of our fries. Now try McDougal's Double Death Wish Combo, a burger and soft drink with five pounds of McDougal's Double Fat Fries for just 99 cents. Because McDougal's knows what every an uneducated, greasy hair, acne-faced, poor fat slob loves. Up the Get a free McDeath certificate while supplies last. Did somebody mention McDougal's? See, you inspired me. Mentioned Josh Friedman. Hey, Josh, uh, just go away. Did you see the story about Jesus Christ? Did you see that? No, he's in the news again? Yes. 
Burial box may be tied to Jesus' family. I think actually the guy was named Jesus. He was a ball player. You haven't heard this story? No. Well, we'll get to it eventually. This is this Jesus is could, family. His see how short this fax is? Yeah. Could be one of the most amusing faxes I've ever received. I bet you Tom Jicka would appreciate this. Thank you, Lawrence in Miami. It says, Neil, could you please give periodical updates on the sniper situation? Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, periodicals on audio. That's what we're here for. Periodicals. Here's the update. Slung over his shoulder. That's it. The bus driver is in critical condition. He's in the hospital. They're fighting to save his life. His family has been notified. They're there, and uh, and they know nothing. And they got all the experts on there going like that. They know absolutely nothing. And he might have been in the woods. It's near a wooded area, and that seems to be his favorite thing, like the woods. See what I'm saying? Right. Who doesn't like the woods? Tiger, Chris, Aronde, Jimmy, maybe Danny. I have to ask Danny if he's uh, coming back to the game and if he likes the woods or not. Anyway, thank you, Lawrence in Miami. We'll give you periodic updates. There's nothing to tell you. The bus driver was shot in the lower abdomen. He's in critical condition in the hospital. And uh, the sniper is obviously the sniper again. We don't have to wait for them to find a bullet. See, and there's another thing that nobody is saying. Why, why are these people so stupid in the media, huh? Not that I'm a genius. It doesn't take a genius to figure out if, if the ballistics don't match, if he switches to another weapon, duh, I mean... Is it possible that somebody this maniacal, this much of a lunatic, could have other weapons? Oh. So the idea that because the bullets match the previous ones, therefore that's what we need to see to make sure it's the same person who did the shooting. Duh. I don't think so. Especially in America where we have everybody's got at least 20, 30, 40 assault rifles of various sizes, etc. Right? For, right. For different days of the week, different holidays. Different animals that you're looking for. Right. Different kill. kinds of animals that you're trying to uh, maim and wound and kill, etc. So the, the notion that the media's got you all tied up and is, oh, well, you know, we got to wait to see if the ballistics matches, that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. And you know what else? The fact that it does match also doesn't mean anything. Because if there are copycats out there, guess what? They could be using the same goddamn ammo, too. Oh, no. But we know this and we know that. And you know something? They know absolutely nothing except there's a bunch of dead people and people in the hospital. And uh, Moosey Man is uh, pathetic. He's pathetic. And that's got, it's not a racial thing. It's just because of the fact that he happens to be a bozo. He could be white and be a bozo, too. In fact, that white sheriff from, where the hell was he from in Virginia when they had the sheriff out there the shooting the other day? You know, the one that had the, the rain catcher hat on that day? Oh, <laughs> I don't know yeah. his name. He looked like uh, the guy from Joji, you know, Rufus, the Sheriff Rufus or whatever that guy's name is. He's no rocket scientist either. But uh, Chief Moosey, man, this guy's in a special category. But if we just stick together... Uh, we can solve this damn thing. So please uh, call us. Uh, here, here's a message. <laughs> oh, and the, the whole thing, if, if it weren't for the fact that people are getting killed and uh, uh, almost blown away, uh, there'd be some humor in this because it's it's being handled like a Keystone Cops thing, you know, like kind of like a Larry Curley and Moe thing. Blake test-fired murder weapon in his own home. Speaking of crazy people with guns, says sister-in-law. This is from the Inquirer. When it's in the Inquirer on tabloid Tuesdays, we believe every goddamn word, don't we? Yes. You bet, because the Inquirer don't mess around. That's one of the tabloids. Now, we also have the Weekly World News, thanks to our friend Bill, which I'll say for later on if things get a little bit slow, which I doubt. If we run out of um, all these great nighttime bedtime aliens. stories. I want to hear about aliens. I beg your pardon? The ones with antennae. Aliens? See, there you go again with that professional spick stuff again. He wants Alien. Alien's doing just fine. He had his happy meal this morning, and he's doing just great. 
And the best news is nobody with a gun is going to shoot Elon. He's a lot safer there than he would have been here. Is there any argument about that? Nope. And I guarantee it's a damn good thing he's away from that fisherman. I think that fisherman spent a little bit too much time in the closet, if you ask me. Blake test-fired murder weapon in his own home, says sister-in-law. On the day she was shot, Dade, Robert Blake's wife heard Blake test-fire a gun at his house while she was talking on the phone with her sister. On the day she was shot, Dade. This sensational new evidence uncovered by the Inquirer has been turned over to prosecutors determined to convict Blake for the murder of his wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, that bitch. Her sister, Mar Marjorie Bakley, oh, that's with two R's. Oh. Marjorie Bakley told the Inquirer she even cried out in terror as she told me, He's coming to kill me. The bang was so loud it set off the burglar alarm. As the alarm was loudly wailing, Bonnie was running around her guest house in the back of Blake's property, frantically locking all the doors so he couldn't come in and shoot her. I believe he was testing his gun to make sure it was working properly. I think he didn't want it to misfire when he put it to Bonnie's head in the car where she was killed. Yeah. I've told the police what happened, and they've been out to Blake's property, searching his house for the bullet holes in the walls. I'm sure it'll be part of the murder case against Blake, she said. The 69-year-old former Beretta star has been denied bail on charges that he killed his wife. He's been behind bars for more than 25 weeks. Marjorie Bakley also revealed exclusively to the Inquirer how Blake sent Bonnie a chilling message on the day she was murdered, May 4, 2001. When Bonnie went downstairs, when Bonnie went downstairs in her guest house, there was a sleeping bag neatly laid out at the bottom of the stairs. Robert had unrolled it. He knew she was familiar with all his films and knew of a scene in a TV movie he did, Judgment Day, the John List story. In the movie, Blake executed his mother, his wife, and his three children, then placed them in sleeping bags. I believe Blake knew Bonnie would get the message. Back off, I'm trying to take my daughter away from me or I'll kill you. Kind of like if he would have given her a fish wrapped up in a vest. Right. I think Blake had me targeted for death as well, she said, Marjorie. He invited me to go on a trip with him and Bonnie after ordering his bodyguard, Earl Caldwell, to dig two holes in the desert. Blake knew that Bonnie and I talked constantly on the phone, and Bonnie had told me everything about his threats to kill her. I believe the plan was to kill both of us and bury us in the desert so there'd be no witness to his plan. But I didn't go, which is why I'm still alive. Bonnie didn't go on the trip either. I'm still terrified of Blake, she says, but I'll face him in court, and I'll testify against him. I can't let him go away with my sister's murder, said Marjorie. <clears throat> Speaking of people who just slay us, Jesse Jackson slays me. Boy, you know, would somebody teach him how to, like, in fact, what? if Jeff Cohen wants to help people with their personal appearance, help with that mustache a little bit, okay? Is it off again? It's Is off it on uneven? one side again. It keeps tilting off to the left. Jesse and Comic nearly come to blows in foul-mouthed tirade. This also in the Inquirer on the very next page. Back-to-back -back with Robert Blake. Do you think there's something symbolic there? The only person not mentioned in here was good for Chris. Chris and Aranda. He didn't get in here either. So what do you think of Chris and Aranda? Oh. A posh Beverly Hills fundraiser turned into these Saturday night fights when Jesse Jackson went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Comic Steve Harvey in an expletive lace tirade. All right. I love it. The two locked horns over the controversial hit movie Barbershop, which disses civil rights icons, icons Rosa Parks and Dr. Martin Luther Kuhn Jr., and even takes a pot shot at Jackson. Jesse and Steve were ready to box, and the language an eyewitness told the Inquirer, Jesse the preacher called Steve a mother effer. Then Steve called Jesse a punk-ass preacher and an mother effer, too. I better be careful the way I'm doing this. <laughs> a mother effer, too. A punk-ass preacher. The ruckus okay. unfolded at the ritzy Beverly Hilton Hotel where Jackson, whose secret love child was exposed by the Inquirer, hosted his annual birthday party and Rainbow Push fundraiser. His birthday party. 
It all started when Jesse overheard Steve say that some people were, and here he used the N-word, were blowing the barbershop jokes about, some niggers were blowing the barbershop jokes about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther Coon Jr. out of proportion, said the eyewitness. Jesse stopped in his tracks, turned to Steve and said, who are you calling a nigger? Steve immediately became defensive. Who are you calling a nigger? Cut it out. He tried to explain to Jesse that the dialogue in the movie was nothing to get upset about. Jesse pointed his finger and said it was something to get upset about because it was totally disrespectful. Then Steve accused Jesse of being a hypocrite. He said Jesse was publicly pretending to protect the honor of Rosa Parks and Martin Luther Coon Jr., but in reality was really upset because in the character the movie said, F. Jesse, and everybody laughed. In fact, everybody said, right. yeah. Steve said, let's just, uh, get, let's just get down to it, dog. It's not about nobody but you. You ain't Schmidt. Yeah, let's get down to it, dog. That's when Jesse let it all hang out, and they looked and said, holy crap. He got louder and louder trying to put Steve in his place. Steve was ready to take off his coat and beat Jesse's ass right there, it says. Other guests stood between the two of them so no one could throw a punch. Steve finally stormed out yelling, I'll never do nothing for that nigger again, dumb mother effer. After, huh, don't you love this? He's great. I can't wait till he comes in yeah. concert. I'm ready to go see that barbershop movie right now, or at the very least go get a haircut. After Steve left, Jesse said Steve looked like a pimp in blue and green alligator shoes that matched his suit. It's a good thing Steve didn't hear him, or they may have come to blows. There may have been some blowing going on. You go, Steve. <laughs> you go, dog. And you know what they say. If you blow too much, you're in trouble. That is what they say. How's that poll coming, folks? That poll on our Wednesday noon to one extravaganza where we play comedy bits for an hour to lighten things up just a little bit. Oh, there's a Bo Deedle. It could be used, could be broken down to almost 28 inches. So let's all be aware that the person can catch. That this has been, he's been doing this for two days now on every, on every network about how they can, you know, fold it down like, like an umbrella and you know, like an accordion. The piece. 188 votes on the poll. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits hour? I love it, 76. It's okay. It's, uh. Okay. Yeah, 57. It's a waste of time, 31. I hate it, 24. So let's see, you got 133 to 55 so far. Pretty overwhelming for this crowd, wouldn't you say? I'd say. For this sour, negative, nasty town that we got here. By the way, last night, I did not go because who wants to go see two girls teams? Panthers and Trashers game. Nice going there, Christian Azelius, by the way, scored the tying and winning goals late. They, they, uh, it's in the paper, 12,000. They must have been counting everybody who lived within a 10-block radius. There was a handful. There was a few thousand uh, desperate souls there last night. The Panthers played in Chicago last week in uh, the smallest crowd ever to see a Blackhawks game. It said 10,000 in the paper. I am told by people who were there that if there were 5,000, they were counting the ushers and the uh, concessions people and everybody else. How do you like that? So I guess you might say the Panthers aren't a big draw. But you don't have to worry about that. You won't hear about them on our morning show. You can be, feel safe about that. Unless, of course, Chris Carter signs with the Panthers. 1027 at 560 WQM, if your bald spot is getting bigger and bigger. You know who looked pretty good the other day in the elevator? was Bob, Bob Eisenberg. You want to know why? Charles he, he went to Charles Alfieri. After all those years that I made fun of that muskrat that died on his head, Bob Eisenberg, he said, okay, okay, I give up. He went to Charles Alfieri. He looked damn near human for him. And you guys can do the same thing because Charlie doesn't put a dead animal on your head. He doesn't drill holes on your head so the blood will drip down your forehead. He doesn't give you dangerous pills to take that won't do a goddamn thing except maybe make you sick. He gives you the natural hairline system. 
which makes you look better and younger than you have in a coon's age. And the deal is, you mentioned Neil Rogers when you call. He'll knock $200 off the regular price, and you have nothing to lose but that big, gross, nasty-looking bald spot because if you wear the system for up to 30 days and you don't love the way it looks and feels and smells, if you're not getting raped at least four or five times a day, then Charlie will give you your money back, no problem at all. So pick up the phone and get your hair back and look great. Like Bob Eisenberg, call Charles Alfieri toll-free at 1-800-321-2413. Did I tell you what Bob said about Moe's numbers? Oh, 1-800-321-2413, or check them out on the web, if you like, at charlesalfieri.com. Live, live and local, we're Sports Radio 560, QAM. Smoking it out in the Everglades. Here's my story, sad but true. About a girl called Syphilis Sue Had a bug and ran it around Gave it to every guy in town get with it, mister. Not only does Joe Costello not making a big deal out of his numbers overnight, you know what happened? You know why people do that? People will say things like that? Because people think that the numbers are going to go down. See? So he's trying to cover his ass. Oh, by the way, the reason I played that against Scott in Fort Lauderdale, I knew I would just play that the other day, but it was by request. I can't turn down a request on the day of my monkey's wedding. Oh, speaking of monkey's wedding, Joe's getting married. But anyway, he don't want to hear about the numbers because... Because he figures if they're crappy, then, ah, oh, see, it wasn't that important. And if they're good, he'll say, oh, do you see that big number I got? Yeah, that's the way these guys work. You're not fooling anybody. Oh, and somebody reminds me, thank you very much, Andrew. The reason you started the Wednesday Comedy Bits was because of the anniversary of 9-11. Remember that? And as, right. as a protest against all of that hysteria and that orchestrated national mourning and psychosis, which, you know, enough is enough, in my opinion, we decided we'll give you an alternative. We were the only place you could go on that day, on the anniversary of 9-11 this past September, where you could, you know, have a few laughs and, you know, at least get away from all of that stuff. What's the point of being in perpetual uh, depression? Just like this thing now. Oh, the hospital news conference has been canceled. Ah, damn it. Christ, if there's one thing I want to be able to put on here is a bunch of news conferences, especially when the Moosey Man comes out. Don't forget, I bet you're around noontime. Don't forget. That's generally the time when yeah, he's, like, yeah. ready to, you know, get us, get us all gathered together and uh, give us a, a news conference. Tell us you don't know a goddamn thing. But here's the latest message for you, uh... Lunatic out there. Oh, I, it, you know, it ain't for him. It's for anybody who's listening. 
205 votes on the poll. What do you think of uh, Neil's Wednesday noon about comedy bits are? I love it. 80, uh, like I said, 208. I love it, 84. It's okay, 66. Wasted time, 32. I hate it, 26. Only 26 people say they hate it. How do you like that? So what is that? That's uh, 150 to uh, 58. That's about how Bill McBride's going to beat Jeb Bush. Although the new poll shows that Bush is still four points ahead. I think 49, 45. Not too happy about that. The Jeb Meister. 10.35 at 5.60 WQM. we got the Mad Dog. Jim Mandich coming up at 1 from Shula Steak 2. Hank will be doing a show there at Shula's also at 3 o'clock. Oh, and we got Patrick Sertan between 5 and 6 this afternoon. Are you certain? Are you certain of that? Patrick Sertan will be there between 5 and 6. Talking hardball with the crow will be on at uh, 7. Another train monkey. Yeah, 7 o'clock. And then uh, we got 8.30, we got the World Series game number three, Anaheim and the Giants, although nobody on this station wants to talk about baseball because I heard Mad Dog yesterday say, oh, well, it's a West Coast thing, a left coast. The World Series is the World Series, mister, okay? And it's been uh, scintillating. That second game was unbelievable, 11 to 10. And then Eddie K after the baseball game, Joe and Mark overnight who don't care about their numbers, okay? They don't care. That's what Joe said. He said, small potatoes. This story you just handed me, this is just uh, one of the most, na- huh? Where did you find out about this? It was on the uh, the news stories. From the BBC? It was on your bedtime stories? Somebody this emailed is... to George Corso by mistake, actually. Somebody he... sent it to George Corso? What does well, he, confused what does he know about fat? What does he know about like fat? We're both named George. Crushed flyer wins obesity payout. Virgin Atlantic has paid a woman passenger $20,000 plus compensation after she was squashed by an obese person who sat next to her on a transatlantic flight. Barbara Hewson from Swansea, South Wales, suffered injuries including a blood clot in her chest, torn leg muscles, and acute sciatica and remains in pain two years on. I love this uh, British lingo, you know, two years on. The obese passenger had only been able to fit into her seat by raising the armrest, which meant her body parts weighed down on Mrs. Hewson. The injured woman had to be admitted to hospital in Los Angeles when the flight touched down and was bedridden for a month. She only got 20 grand? I'm telling you. What a dumb bitch. Two years later, and after pressure on the airline to take her complaint seriously, Virgin agreed to pay her compensation. Before taking off, the freelance writer had complained in the first instance to the cabin crew about sitting next to the overweight woman who had booked two seats on her outward-bound flight to London, but not on the return leg. Attendants told Mrs. Houston the flight was full with no other seats available. She said her experience in the 11-hour flight in economy class had been horrific. Mrs. Houston added that she would, that would be like being in coach between uh, one of those three-seat rows between Josh Friedman and High Boy and Jeff High. <clears throat> Mrs. Houston added that she was now forced to walk with a stick, speaking of High Boy, and is still in pain. It is reported Virgin officials initially offered a small basket of goods worth 15 pounds. <laughs> That's like about 40 bucks as compensation. But Mrs. Houston looked forward, uh, took forward her complaint. Good for her. You go, girl. After 18 months of pursuing her claim and undergoing medical exams by Virgin's own doctors to prove the extent of her injuries, the airline agreed to a proper settlement. Hey, anybody thinks that's proper, you're full of crap. No she should have gotten a million. A statement by Virgin said Mrs. Houston's injuries arose from an unprecedented set of extremely unfortunate circumstances. We have apologized to Mrs. Houston and have offered compensation, which she has accepted. We're pleased that this has now reached a conclusion, said the Virgin Atlantic people. In the U.S., budget U.S. carrier Southwest Airlines now charge larger passengers for two seats. But the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance... <laughs> oh, I love it! The National...
National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance has taken on airlines over discrimination against overweight people. The level of obesity in the U.S. is now of major concern, but also in the U.K., national audit office figures show one in five people are clinically obese. And one of five over there. They're not even close to us. Probably eating too much spotted dick. Vale of Glag Morgan's MP John Smith has fought a campaign against cramped economy class conditions following a series of deaths from deep vein thrombosis which have been linked to long-haul flights. You're aware of that, aren't you, that along those long flights you can get, like, blood clots? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why they suggest you get up and walk around a little bit. Don't make any threatening movements, though. It's not usually too good of an idea these days. <laughs> Don't get up and start acting just a little bit too animated. <laughs> Probably not a real good idea. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. He's dead. <laughs> New on the Cartoon Channel from the producer of SpongeBob SquarePants. It's SpongeBob No Pants. Hey, check this out. Okay, I'm naked. Just don't look at me. You're probably wondering why we're standing here with a pile of money and no pants on. Do I have my pants on? No plastic pants. You've gone too far this time. I don't like to wear pants. I can't just sit here. It's time for action. SpongeBob No Pants. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. 1043 at 560, 13th shooting, and this one is a dead. He just died a short time ago. He died? Yes. Gays go gaga over SpongeBob SquarePants. This is in uh, which one of these uh, great tabloids is this in? Oh, and the uh, Star. Don't you just love the Star? Not quite as much as the Inquirer, but I put it like a close second. Quirky cartoon is a smash hit, and spinoff uh, stuff is flying off the shelves. See, when you say smash Hit, you have yeah, to be very careful to pause and separate the words. The latest icon of the gay community. Oh, uh, what is that all about? Oh, and you know, you ever uh, see the thing that uh, silly Carlos is dicking with out there in front? <laughs> Kitty, uh, what is it? Kitty uh, something? Kitty galore? Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. Yes. What a silly uh, goose he is, you know? They've got to be the silliest faggot that ever came down the pike. Gay. The latest icon of the gay community is soft and sensitive, likes to cook is always neatly dressed and enjoys skipping along with his best friend, Patrick. He's also squishy and yellow and lives in, the, in a pineapple under the sea. Patrick's a starfish. He's spun a square bobs. Uh, what is it? Square bob. Sponge. Uh, <laughs> sponge <square>. pants. <laughs> pants bob. He's uh, Chris and uh, Chris pants. Chris <laughs> pants around a... Uh, He's SpongeBob SquarePants, star of the animated Nickelodeon Channel series, a playfully porous sponge who's causing a commotion at the bottom of the ocean. He's joined kid-friendly characters like pocketbook-toting Teletubby Tinky Winky, uh-oh, and roommates Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street as pop culture stars in the gay universe. Although their creators all insist the characters are not gay. When you grow up without your own culture, you have to take things from straight culture and make them your own, explains New York clothing designer Alex Fung, 37, a huge SpongeBob fan. There is innocence to SpongeBob. He's not very masculine for a male character. He's soft. Oh, yeah, I know some guys like that. While the cartoon's creator, Steven Hillenberg, who's not gay, says he had no intention of portraying the crusty crab's absorbent fry cook as homosexual, Tom Kenny, a comic who voices SpongeBob, says the character may not be the only sea creature in the closet. Uh-oh. All the main characters, probably a few crabs in there, too, I would imagine. His boss, as a matter of fact. All the main characters are hiding horrible secrets of their own, he jokes. <laughs> Critics say it's exactly that kind of offbeat humor <clears throat> from SpongeBob and pals that's sucking in grown-up fans, even though the show is aimed at kids from age 2 to 11. I've never seen it. 
Of course you would because you got kids. Kids. According to Nielsen, I don't hear some knocking down there, do I? Is that, sure. a, prelude? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. a prelude from them starting to hock mm-hmm. it and bang it again down there? According to Nielsen Media Research, about 22% of the show's regular audience is 18 to 49 years of age. Kind of like Rocky and Bullwinkle, but not nearly as good, I'm sure. No. And adult novelty shops from New York to Atlanta are reporting that SpongeBob merchandise is flying off the shelves with gay customers clamoring for plush toys, lunchboxes, and keychains. At Manhattan's Roger and Dave shop, co-owner Roger Roth says his most popular item is a toy that cheers, Go SpongeBob, go SpongeBob, go self, when its hand is squeezed. What? I've had to reorder this more times than I can count, says Roth. Go self? <coughs> what does that mean? I-, I don't know. Is that kind of like you go me? Yeah, I guess. Some of the signals that homosexuals are picking up about SpongeBob's orientation are that he and his friend Patrick, a sensitive chubby pink starfish, I thought those pink starfish were like uh, something else. Often hold hands and watch their favorite show, an imaginary TV program called The Adventures of Mermaid and Barnacle Boy. Merman. Ethel Moran? It says here, Mermaid Man. Trust me. (coughs) It says here in the star, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. It says, Mermaid Man wears something that looks like a seashell bra. Yes, he does. And the voice of Fussy Squidward is very similar to the late gay comic Paul Lind. No question, Squidward is gay. It may not be intentional, but gay fans are thrilled, and show creator Hillenberg says, that's... Okay. Okay. I think he says, think that the attitude of the show is about tolerance. So there you go from the start. we got a gray, uh, gay gray sponge in uh, most pants. Probably, SpongeBob probably, is a very positive character. It's probably there to absorb the overflow from the bag, I would think. De Niro's gay dad. Well, we got to get in our usual uh, quota of uh, gay. banter every day. We don't want to let the audience down, the ones that wait for it out there. De Niro's gay dad drove him into acting. Analyze this, it says. This is in the, uh, I want to make sure you know what the, in the star also. Analyze this. Oscar-winning Robert De Niro turned himself into one of America's finest actors because his father was gay and a perfectionist who repeatedly rejected his own paintings. So says, have you got the uh, numbers for us, Joe? This is the guy back in 9-11-2001 went out in the hallway and beat Greg Reed right on the head and said, we're not going to run any more spots, are we? You better get with it, mister. Butched up real good that day. And now he's turned into a pussy again. Now he's about ready to get married. You ought to be down there beating Maddie Bell and Fat Boy over the head saying, hey, Neil wants those hour by hour and so do I so I can get my overnight numbers. That's the only way you're going to get them. You just don't care. He, he seems awfully indifferent. Which, you know what that indicates to me? He's expecting a that real... He's being humble. You no, know, it says to me he's expecting a real crappy book. A real crappy book. Now, what you see, he can't keep a straight face. Why, why is that? He's hedging his bets. In fact, you know something? If he does have a real crappy book, that would be a good excuse for the morning guy. I think he's afraid the number won't be nearly as big as that. Because there's nothing worse, as we know on this show, there's nothing worse than a weak lead-in. Oh, man, there is nothing worse than a weak lead-in. But I think we got it down to a science now. Good job by Chris. Yeah, if we can just talk more about Chris and the Ryan. See you, Joe. See, I say hi to Mo on the way. I'll give him a pat on the uh, piece. Can I get back to Robert De Niro now? How do we get distracted so easily? Joe walked in. So says a new book. Well, I better go back to this. Oscar-winning Robert De Niro turned himself into one of America's finest actors because his father was gay and a perfectionist who repeatedly rejected his own paintings. So says a new book that's been published in Britain, De Niro, a biography by author John Baxter. Been published in Britain. 
The author claims that as a young boy, shuttling between his divorced parents, Robert and Virginia, De Niro watched his moody father put himself down, and that ignited the actor's desire to be perfect. I don't think he's perfect. In fact, some movies he's perfectly awful. His father was important to him, and his father wasn't recognized, says French actor and director Robert Cordier. I think Bob got to thinking I owe him one. I think I be, I'm, uh, becoming famous was very important to him to pay back his father. For your father, I think that has a lot to do with Bob's will to succeed. Complicating his relationship with his dad even more was the fact that De Niro's mother knew his father was a homosexual when they married and accepted it. As Baxter, for De Niro, acting may well have been a form of therapy as well as an attempt to come to terms with his ambivalent feeling toward his parents. De Niro's own marriages have been volatile and short-lived. The 59-year-old actor has five children with three women. When De Niro's father died from cancer in 1993, his son preserved his studio as a shrine, leaving an untouched in tribute. The star who won Oscars for The Godfather II in 1974 and Raging Bull in 1980 still visits the artist studio, occasionally writes Baxter. When asked if he and his dad were close, De Niro once said, Close? In some ways I was very close to him, but then he stopped and turned away as his eyes filled with tears. Isn't that emotional? Don't you get, like, all choked up about that? Mm hmm Huh? No. 233 votes on there, folks, about that noon-to-one comedy bit hour. What do you think? I love it, 96. It's okay, 75. That's right there, 171, if my math be correct. It's a waste of time, 33, and I hate it, 29. That's only 62. 171 to 62. That's about the same ratio as your number compared to the morning one between 6 and 9 in a summer book. Now, what's he going to say about that when we get the hour? You know something? When we get the hour by hour, that's the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to find the ratio between the number that George got and the number between 6 and 9 a.m. Then we're going to compare the ratio to what George is getting paid around here and what that uh, toupee-ridden old grumpy old man is getting paid. Yeah, that's right. And you know who we go to for justice? Because that's what we need, man. We need justice around this place. We'll go to Don Corleone. That's right. And make him an offer he can't abuse. With that silly-ass goddamn powdered wig. George Washington wore a powdered wig. What's that guy in that uh, financial thing? He used to be on PBS, uh, the silly guy that got canned, and now he's on CNBC. He wore a powdered wig? Yeah. Well, close to it. Louis Rukeyser. That's oh, who? who it is. You never saw Louis Rukeyser? He wears so. what looks like a powdered wig. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers, Louis Rukeyser, and Mo. Those are the only people I know with a powdered wig. And then is it in Britain or is it in France or both? Where the judges put on those uh, silly old... Britain still does that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the my banisters. God. Oh, they're still bringing us the Stone judges. Age. Good God. <laughs> <clears throat> Jim DeFeedy writes in a Herald today. Can you believe I got a bedtime story from the Herald? He's good, that Jim. Fat. Have you ever seen a picture? Yes. Man, oh, man. He looks like he's bursting out of his uh, clothing. But if he goes to see Jeff Cohen at the pizza loft, Jeff will become, because Jeff is a fashion plate. You give him some good tips on how to dress properly, get a new look. I think that's what we all need around here. You know, two weeks from today, I'll be 60 years old, and Jeff Cohen thinks I'm worried about a new look. Okay? This look is what I got, okay? It ain't very good, believe me, but it doesn't bother me. Well, you got a couple options with your body type, guayaberas or Hawaiian shirts. In case you haven't noticed, I don't wear guayaberas or Hawaiian <laughs> shirts anymore. Once upon a time, long before you knew me, I did wear those all the time. And also, like some other fat people I know, you never tuck in your shirt. Of course not. And you'll notice that I do tuck in my shirt, okay? In fact, they call me in the hallway, Father Tuck, or something like that. Even when I walked by when I came in this morning, I heard Mo yell, hey, tuck you, something like that. 
Father Tuck. I saw you in the bathroom once. You were tucking. Yeah. No, that was Mo getting raped. Raped at it. Helping, and guess who was in the toilet this morning when I was in there taking leaks? <laughs> Skippy. Skippy. Like that. He was making sounds like that inside. I don't How about his new haircut? How could you tell? In fact, Jeff Cohen told me at Pizza Loft yesterday, he said, that's Skippy, but that guy's an idiot. That's exactly what he said. He used to have Brian Schmutz as his account representative, his AE, his sales guy. Now he's got Skippy, and he's not too happy about it, Skippy. You better go over there and make uh, make apologies, make amends to Jeff Cohen. Because he's been on here on this show for like 150 years at the Pizza Loft, and he's going to be pretty pissed off and fired up if you, if you dick around with his account. Okay, Skippy? Anyway, Fat Jim DeFeedy writes in the Herald today a good commentary. It says, helping inner-city children not a priority of Jeb Bush administration. What you looking for, the teen calls out, circling my car and his bicycle. A few feet away near the corner of 75th Street and Northwest 21st Avenue, another group of young men watch with interest. Normally a white face on this Liberty City block is looking for one thing, crack. Driving past the boy on the bike Monday afternoon, I pull into a parking lot for the Scott Carver housing project. On the second floor, Wallace Chester is just opening the doors for one of the few places in this neighborhood for kids to go and feel safe. A computer lab operated by Mad Dads, a nonprofit group that's been working in Miami since 1997. The local chapter of Mad Dads was formed following the murder of five-year-old Rakia Isaac, who was struck down by a stray bullet while walking home from Martin Luther King Day Parade. Initially, the group patrolled the neighborhood on bicycles, but a few years ago expanded to provide after-school activities for kids. Although the lab is open to all of the children in the hood, Chester and his staff work closely with 50 kids, providing them with individual tutoring in math and reading. They make sure the kids in their program are attending classes, even take them on field trips around the state just to show them that there's a world beyond the desolation of the inner city. The most dangerous hours for a kid are from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. That's when most juvenile crime takes place, says Chester. We're trying to give them something productive to do instead, uh, instead after school. He'd love to expand his program and help another 50 or 100 kids, but he can't because of lack of funding. In recent years, the legislature has had enough faith in Chester's program to allot $200,000 a year, but every time the budget item hits the governor's desk, Jeb Bush vetoes it. In his opinion, Mad Dads isn't worthy of support. Chester's program isn't alone. Since becoming governor, Bush has consistently vetoed projects that would help kids in the inner city. When we were vetoed, I just thought about the lights being turned off and not being able to keep the doors open, Chester says. I thought about the impact it was going to have on these kids. In 2001, after the governor's first veto, Chester had to lay off everyone on his staff, including himself. Despite not being paid, he continued to open the doors of the computer lab so the kids in the hood could still come by and use the equipment. Four months later, the county eventually came through with emergency funding to keep the program alive. Chester doesn't understand the governor's priorities. We're not doing our job as a state, says Chester. Our schools don't have the resources they need. It seems like we're more interested in building jails than we are in building schools. It seems like it's more important to put together tax cuts for people who don't need them than spend money to help our children. As Chester shakes his head, three more young girls come in toting backpacks. These are smart kids, he says, but they're facing a battle out there. Every week there's another shooting. Every day there are new dangers. And what are we going to do to give these kids a safe environment? Every kid deserves a chance. Latricia Adams walks through the front door. The 16-year-old started with the program three years ago and now volunteers as a tutor for some of the younger kids, including 14-year-old Albert Anastor. Anastor's reasoning for being here is as sound as it is succinct. I'd rather be in here than get shot, he says. Good column by Jim DeFeedy, crappy governor. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we take a good, hard, stiff look into stardom. It only took one hit for them to burn their freaking song into our brains. 
but it only took one man to bring them to their freaking knees. They were after the fire. So we're recording the song, right? And I know it's missing something, but I don't know what. Lead singer Jack Wofford talks about his so-called creative process. So I'm singing out loud, you know, don't turn around. And just then, the janitor is walking by, and he goes, uh-oh. And I go, the commissar's in town. And he goes, uh-oh. And right then, I knew we had a hit. Unfortunately for the band, so did the janitor, Ron Bustum. Hey, it was my uh-ohs that made that song so popular. I was making sh money as a janitor. I figured why not ream them good. Ron hired a sleazy lawyer who tricked the band into paying Ron $5,000 for every uh-oh, every time the song was played anywhere in the world for his entire life. That oily little bastard. I mean, 5000 every time he goes, uh-oh. We went broke in about 20 minutes. I work at Borders for crying out loud. Meanwhile, at his Hawaiian villa, Ron the janitor has attained rock star cult status which he openly uses to get laid a lot. Oh, Ron. Do it again, Ron. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, Ron. <laughs> After the fire, they learned the hard way not to let a janitor go, uh-oh, in your song. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business uh -huh. tonight. On Inside the Behind. Somebody wanted to hear Inside the Behind with a knack, and I couldn't find it, so that I'll have to do for right now. I couldn't find it. I mean, there's one on every disc for like the last 400 of them. So I looked for it for whoever asked for that. That'll have to oh, do I think do that's in right the thing. It's what? No, it's not. I already looked in there. It's not in the thing. Hello, so George. It's not in the thing. Anyway, I'm thinking about maybe you ought to call our good buddies. How soon could they be here? Which buddies? Ira. Because I didn't bring my sack today. Half you know? hour to an hour? Didn't bring my sack. Is there a spot today for, uh, oh, yeah, there it is. What? Half hour to an hour, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Tell Ira we need some of those uh, fat-filled sandwiches. That'll tide me over until I get home, and I got all the stuff from the sack in my refrigerator. Just calm down, Troy. Just calm down. Relax. You're not going to be too happy about this article at all, this bedtime story from CNN.com. You're going to be pissed off and fired up. Has Sopranos gone downhill this season? Yeah, it has. Oh, ha huh. Everybody doesn't love audiences here. The Sopranos backlash is in full swing, and not just among the Italian-American anti-defamation activists who forced New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg to cancel his plans to march with co-stars Dominic Cianese and Lorraine Bracco in the Columbus Day Parade. Internet message boards have become increasingly crowded with grumblings like, We waited a year and a half for this? Even Daily Show-wise guy John Stewart recently made a crack about how this season has been all that scintillating. See, that's one thing about Smallville, you don't hear anybody saying that. Of course, on this show, you don't hear anybody saying anything. Because this audience don't watch Smallville because their taste is in their tuchus, okay? Smallville just keeps getting better and better and better. And the stories are good. Uh, you know, it's not just the fact that Clark Kent looks as good as he does. Tom Welling is swelling it. It's because it's a damn good show. Got one jerk out there that's always faxing me, Ah, you're only in a Smallville because, yeah, well, that's true. But it's still a good show. It says, of course, the show, meaning The Sopranos, still has its diehard fans who will defend it against anyone who dares criticize such an important work of art. Me, says Bruce Fetz of Entertainment Weekly at the CNN, Bruce Fretz, I fall somewhere in the middle. The season's been a bit of a letdown so far, but it's still better than almost anything else on TV, he says. Take the October 20th episode, Everybody Hurts. 
It was penned by Michael Christopher Moltisanti Imperioli, who was responsible for this season's nadir, the Columbus, uh, for this season's, the Columbus-obsessed debacle Christopher. But it was directed by Bu- uh, Steve Buscemi, who shot one of my favorite Soprano standalones, last season's snowbound dark comedy Pine Barrens. Not surprisingly, Everybody Hurts was a hit-or-miss affair. Suicide was the episode's theme, as is of the R.E.M. song that inspired the title. That tune wasn't heard, but music editor Catherine Dayak did make effective use of tracks by Billy Joel and Nick Lowe. Tony was distressed to learn from Carmela, of all people, that his emotionally unstable ex-mistress, Gloria Trillo, uh, had hanged herself. Tony confronted their joint therapist. I didn't know you had to have a joint therapist. That's what Steve M. said. He confronted their joint therapist about why she hadn't told him what had happened. Eventually, Tony made a donation to the suicide hotline in Gloria's name, but he still seemed haunted by her memory. Moral of the story, don't date people you meet in your shrink's waiting room. Meanwhile, restaurateur Artie Bucco is... Well, it goes on about each one of these episodes. I don't care yeah, about that. You're going to bore yourself silly reading those things. And the audience. Yeah. And anybody that watch the show. Watch it. He says, maybe all of these dangling threads will be brilliantly tied up in the upcoming weeks. After all, we're not even halfway through the season yet. In the meantime, while it's still great, these Sopranos ain't quite as great as it used to be. That may be painful to admit, but like the song says, everybody hurts sometimes. They're wasting all our time with all these boring uh, non-events instead of uh, resolving unresolved issues. What does that mean? It's like a soap opera when they start a storyline and then just uh, and then never finish it. Ah, and start like, new like passions. Lines. Like passions. There's never been a show in history that uh, drags things out longer than that, and they do it just to aggravate you. It's like it's like they should have like somebody come on one of the writers and say, "Hey, guess what? This ain't gonna end for six months, and we're doing it just to piss you off." And you know it, and you still can't turn it off. Although I do miss Timmy very badly. In that wooded area and the Northgate Park, which is surrounding that wooded area, that this tremendous search is still underway even at this moment. Yeah, it's still underway even at this moment. What a surprise, huh? They don't know nothing. Can you see the blood dripping from that thing? Uh, yeah. You well, can? it's not blood. It's red. Yeah. Well, no, it's just a little boo-boo I have on my neck. I've had it for years. And about once every six months. About twice a year, I nick it while I'm shaving, you know? You rip it open. You uh, No, rip it open. It I just nick it, and, and it bleeds, you know? It just bleeds, and you have to Mother. keep... I sure wish we had those steptic, steptic whatever they call it, Michael uh, Civic. I have uh, adhesive bandages. No. I don't need a bandage. Is it like dripping, pouring blood out of there? Not no. yet. I'm talking about the styptic pencil. Oh, that, those those went, those went out with the uh, no, high shoes. They still have make those? They burn like a sun. But they bitch. work. Yeah, I know. They, they work. They, they work. stop the bleeding, and they stop all your circulation. You're just like, Ugh, like that. Speaking of that, what a great uh, segue, although I have to do the break. Am I in the right hour even on this law? I don't know. No. <laughs> oh. Man, where the hell is this show going? Yeah. Into the tank, according to one. Uh... Oh, that's right. We got 40% less uh, trained monkeys. What an asshole, you know? What a moron. And not only that, not only doesn't he understand how to read the goddamn numbers, but how the hell can you be talking about other people's numbers when you don't have any, Mo? That's the question. Another trained monkey. Yeah. Who the hell are you kidding, mister? And for him to come on here and say, oh, well, the Howard David Show sounds as better, as great as it ever was. Well, who the hell is he to be making that decision? Does he get any diaries? No, no. I don't think so. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. The audience isn't impressed by you telling everybody how great it is. They want to hear something beside Chris and Arandi and Arandi and Chris for three freaking hours every goddamn day. Okay? See, because of the fact that he's the voice of the Dolphins now, therefore, it's strictly Dolphin Radio. Everything else is, you'll notice, it took, it, was, it took a little time, but everything else has been phased out. Every other sport, not, and not just every other sport, every other team, we have three hours of Dolphins Radio between 6 and 9. 
If you don't care about the Dolphins, if you don't want to hear Orende and Chris, and even if you do care about the Dolphins but just want to hear the same uh, crap every day, forget about it. Go watch old Sopranos reruns. Do something. Go watch CNN rehashing the same crap here, telling you they don't know nothing. Basketball court, apparently connected to the apartment buildings across. See that? Sports, basketball court. You notice the tie-in again? That was almost, but not, not quite, but I would say almost as impressive as Amtrak. that day. Ten minutes after 11 at 560 WQM. Speaking of interesting substances, here's one you can pop in your puss. It'll do you good. It's called Oleomed. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of fine olive oil, the best you'll find, with vitamins, minerals, herbals, and other nutrients specifically scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help support specific health needs for you. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas. They have one to help you sleep. There's one to help you control your weight and CoQ10, which may be one of the most important things you can pop into your body, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. Oleomed's a great new product. It's available at Publix, Eckerd, and Walgreens. More and more people are popping it every day. For more information, call Oleomed at 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. Check them out online if you like at oleomedamerica.com. And don't forget... If you visit your nearest Publix and buy an Oleomed product in Broward or Dade counties, you can get you a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll oh! while supplies last. And don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sports Town every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing at home. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information, too. Start feeling healthy. Start popping some Oleomed today. Live and local. This, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. Of eating nuts. We've asked who wants to marry a multimillionaire and who wants to be a princess. But now, Fox is asking the question that is burning in the minds of everyone. Who wants to fuck a gangsta rapper? Fox Television, along with BET and Ebony Magazine, present the two-hour extravaganza, Who Wants to Fuck a Gangsta Rapper? We've scoured the country to come up with 20 of the most fly, bootylicious biatches, and we're putting them all on one stage. I got what you want, baby. Pick me, and I'll wrap your You won't want to miss this historic television event featuring performances by Outcast and Master P and hosted by the legendary Suge Knight. Who wants to fuck a gangsta rapper? Coming this November to Fox. 11.15 at 5.60 WQAF. I don't think I did a spot in Lansbury, did I? What? There's there's a bleep in there. Will you just calm one? down? Yes. Okay, sure. Should I play it again so you can be sure? Yeah, could you a, back it up a little? There's a nice long in there. You just relax, okay? You're a good one to talk, mister. Who the hell are you kidding? My bleeps are flawless. Yeah, bleep you. And by the way. Hello, George. 11.15 at 5.60 WQAM. So Michael Jackson's got some problems, in case you didn't know it. I, I swear I didn't. I don't even remember going into the break. I must be losing it. My blood sugar must be down to like about 40. I don't remember even going into the break. It's like I'm in some kind of a time warp here. Jacko's nose explodes too, says the Inquirer. Just in time for Halloween, it's the Jack-O-Lantern. The take a look at the picture. Look at that. Oh, it's collapsing. We knew Just it would. in time for Halloween, it's the Jack-O-Lantern. The grotesque singer's mangled nose and nasal area shocked passers-by who recently spotted Lisa Marie's ex-hubby in the parking lot of the Beverly Hills Region Hotel in Beverly Hills. As the Inquirer has reported, repeated plastic surgery has damaged Michael's sniffer, and the tissue in its tip has died. 
The tissue in his tip has died. Gangrene, baby. Now the facial fiasco appears to be more frightening than ever, but the good news is that the pop legend no longer needs to make up to do his thriller number. <laughs> how do you like that? Vincent Price would be proud. And now we got another one. See, I always put these together. Like, and wait till we together. get to Justin. Justin's instinct with Alyssa Milano. You're going to oh, be upset about whatever. that. Yeah, let, and by the way, did not see man going to be holding another press conference at noon today. He's going to say, like that. All you media people, you be staying out of our hair. And don't be doing this and don't be doing that. And you shouldn't have told about that tarot card. But... But whoever it is, uh, we don't know who it is, but whoever it might be that we're communicating with, I want you to repeat that as often as you can. See, when it's convenient for him, he wants to use and manipulate the media, but when he wants to bitch him out, when in doubt, he cusses him out. See, he does have a good point, but it's too late now. Back when they first decided they were going to use the military and use the planes for recon aerial reconnaissance, that's when a guy changed his locale. That's when it was between a Monday and Saturday, there was that long gap, and he changed his whole plan. Why did anybody need to know that? We don't. Right. Anyway, ex-brother-in-law's shocking claims wacko Jacko beat up Bubbles and he bribed Lisa Marie and Debbie Rowe to marry him. This is in the Globe. Michael Jackson cruelly beat and tortured pets, engaged in bizarre voodoo rituals, and injected himself with a chemical to turn his skin white, claims his former brother-in-law. Those are just some of the shocking allegations that will be made in the upcoming book, tentatively called The Jackson Family, by LaToya Jackson's ex-husband, Jack Gordon. Gordon claims he'll rip the lid off Wacko Jacko's closely guarded secrets, including the allegation that the 44-year-old pop star bribed ex-wives Lisa Marie Presley and Debbie Rowe to marry him. He paid Lisa Marie $15 million to marry him, along with the promise of a record contract, says Gordon. He never delivered on that music career. Although Gordon has not found a publisher for his bizarre story, Michael is furious over his claims, vigorously denying them. And both Debbie and Lisa Marie also deny his claims. Michael says it's complete nonsense, is a source close to the singer. He's telling his family none of what Gordon is saying is accurate. But the 62-year-old talent agent claims he got a glimpse into the hidden lives of the Jackson family during his many years as Latoya's manager and husband. That's husband in like the governor would do with the quotes. Right. Now. Right. Their six-year marriage ended in charges of spousal abuse and spousal arousal and a messy divorce in 1997. His most outrageous accusation is of Michael's treatment of his famous pet chimp, Bubbles. I saw him punch and kick Bubbles in the stomach, claims Gordon, adding that when he asked Michael about it, the star replied, he doesn't feel it, he's a chimpanzee, I have to discipline him. But Gordon, who's battling lung cancer, also claims he saw a monkey set on fire. I wonder if that was a trained monkey. You think? I don't know. It's oh. trained now. Another trained monkey. So, uh, claims he saw a monkey set on fire during a weird voodoo ritual at the Jackson Compound in Encino, California in 1986. Gordon also says Michael's lighter skin color is due to a liquid which the singer injected. I saw him do it in 1985. He says the boxes were delivered to his house every day. <clears throat> the Las Vegas showbiz agent who managed Lorena Bobbitt promises more explosive revelations about Michael and his clan in an upcoming tome. My book will uncover the seamy side of the Jacksons, he tells Globe, their cruelty and obsessions. But Michael's attorney, John Branca, says Gordon's claims are fabrications. Consider the source, he says. I don't believe anyone will believe anything that comes out of Jack Gordon's puss, is what he said. You believe him? I believe him. Every word of it. And by the way, speaking of our close personal friend... Bye, bye, bye! Instinct pop star Justin Timberlake is talking marriage with an older... He is gross, man! There's a picture of him here. I wouldn't touch him with Moe's hand. Good golly. I wouldn't touch him with Moe's toupee. Man, is he grotesque. 
He's talking marriage with an older woman, his 29-year-old sweetie, Alyssa Milano, which got George very upset this morning. That's all right. I'm over her. She's uh, she's Tattoo pretty skank. She's not anymore. too good. She, skank is the word. Used to be really hot. Well, she sure ain't. She lost it. She woke up one day and got a case of the Jason Gedrick. She got the uglies. Justin, 21, and charmed star Alyssa have introduced uh, their mothers to each other. And friends say both moms have given their go-ahead to the nuptials. Bye, bye, bye! It was a real warm family event when Justin, Alyssa, and their moms had drinks together at the Hollywood Restaurant Club. Joseph's Cafe recently revealed a source close to Justin. It was the first opportunity Justin's mom, Lynn Harless, or is that hairless, had to meet Alyssa, and she brought along her mom, Lynn. Isn't this great? And this is in the Inquirer, by the way. Put this in the category if we believe it. Lynn's opinion is incredibly important to Justin. He's looking long-term with Alyssa now that his mom has given them the thumbs up. Where do you think she stuck the thumbs up? He's a young guy, but Alyssa's really turned his head. She has a successful career of her own, but not one that puts her in competition with Justin like Britney did. That bitch. Justin, Alyssa, and their moms were seated at the VIP tables of the hip restaurant club, and I wouldn't disclose. Justin and Alyssa made eyes at each other as they chatted with their moms. At one point, Justin picked up two beers, handed one to Alyssa, and then the two blew into their bottles as if they were wind instruments, and they were duetting on a song. They were nose to nose. Isn't this enough to make you puke? After the little performance, they moved in for a kiss. Now, what what is that? I, I don't I That's don't her. care. You already showed me that I'm not What's interested. I'm not impressed with naked uh, sluts. While Alyssa and Justin hooked up just a few months ago, Justin secretly had a crush on her for years. A friend of the actors revealed that was almost the first thing he told her when they met at the posh outdoor nightclub Falcon in midsummer. Josh told her sweetly, "You were my first love. I fell in love with you when you played Samantha on Who's the Boss. I used to fantasize about you all the time. You were my dream girl." Alyssa gave Justin a sexy, knowing smile and said, Bye, bye, bye! <laughs> and said, Well, this is no dream, and you don't have to fantasize anymore. No. Oh. After that first romantic meeting, and by the way, you think that our Carlos is ugly, which you're right. I mean, Carlos is beautiful compared to this kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, trust me. He, he looks, he's like uh, Tom Brady compared to uh, Justin Tinkerbell. After that first romantic meeting at Falcon, they started hitting clubs like A.D. in the lounge and slipped into the premiere of the new video game, Dead to Rights Together. Alyssa also visited the set where Justin was making the video for his new single, Like I Love You. The whirlwind romance has quickly become something far more serious, said the source. Three years ago, Alyssa was telling reporters that she planned to have children soon, whether or not there's a man in my life. And now as her 30th birthday approaches, insiders say Britney's ex may be just in time. Isn't that cute? little play on words there, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Alyssa's bringing her mother to meet Justin, and his mom is a momentous occasion to friend her. It means she's really sizing someone up and looking for her mom's advice. Since Alyssa and Justin have been together, it's been one dream date after another. Now the bets are on for when Justin and Alyssa will walk down the aisle together. Bye, bye, bye! Oh, my God! He's grotesque. And now let's get, let's get to the most important story of the day. I don't know why I held this back so far. Bedtime story about Jesus Christ. Burial box may be tied to Jesus' family, or is that Jesus? An unadorned limestone burial box, apparently bought 15 years ago on the Jerusalem Antiquities Market, may be the oldest archaeological evidence of Jesus and the first object ever found that relates to a member of his family, an archaeological journal announced yesterday. The box, or ossuary, typical of those used in the first century or a century to bury bones, is inscribed, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, and dates to around 62 A.D. when early texts say that James, one of the first Christian leaders, was stoned to death as punishment for preaching about Jesus. How do you like that? Jesus Christ. Andre Lemaire, I thought he was a hockey player. 
Nick Kent is Jacques Lemaire. Andre Lemaire, a professor at the Sorbonne in Paris and a specialist in ancient inscriptions, first saw the box last summer after meeting the owner by chance in Jerusalem. Since then, he and other scholars and scientists have checked the lettering style for historical consistency and tested the surface of the carved letters to make sure they weren't forged. In an article released yesterday by the non-sectarian Biblical Archaeological Review, I bet you didn't know there was such a thing, did you? Nope. The Biblical Archaeology Review, Lemaire pronounces both box and inscription genuine, though he concedes there's a small chance the ossuary held not the James of the New Testament, but the bones of a contemporary with the same name. You don't think there was more than one James, do you? No, never in history. It'll be extremely important if it's authentic, said Lawrence E. Steger, a professor of archaeology of Israel at Harvard University. Everything they put in this non-technical article seems to point in that direction. Steger said the discovery that holds up would be important in the long-standing debate over how accurately Christian text depicts the life of Jesus and would remind scholars to take seriously the clues provided in the New Testament. Of course, you'll never prove or disprove the miracles, he said, but to give them an actual authentic setting of place and persons is no small accomplishment. Jesus Christ. Attitude toward the historical Jesus ranged from extreme skepticism that says he never lived at all, a made-up story, to those who accept practically everything that's written in the New Testament about him, Steger read it. Most archaeologists work in between and really don't have a great deal of existential interest in how it turns out. They're more interested in just understanding and recreating the past. In other words, was there really ever a... Jesus Christ. And did he ever steal a freight train? And did they have to really live in that sleazy manger, that awful cheap motel? Don't you think Tom Bodette could have helped them out? If Tom would have known how important he was going to be, you he know, would have I, left the light on for him. I'll say, he probably would have left the uh, candle burning. I'll tell you who really let me down today is that Troy Stratford. Just when you think one of our salespeople is on top of stuff, they turn out to be a real a real butt plug. He's an asshole. You know, first he did with the Brandy's tag, and now we got Pompano Park. You think we have a new piece of copy for Pompano Park? No. No. They've got nothing. Troy leaves me like naked here today, baby, and there are a few things in the world uglier than me naked. Maybe Justin, even with clothes on. He, I'm serious. He is ugh, nasty looking. God. Hey, anyway, if you're looking for a great time out, Pompano Park's got live racing tomorrow night and three nights a week, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Lots of action at Pompano Park with free clubhouse admission, free grandstand admission, and free parking, too. And now that we're into this time of the year, we've got the sixth floor dining room open up again. The food there the other night was sensational. Even Fat Rich was like smiling and smirkling. That's just before he turned all red in the face. The racetrack's world-renowned top-of-the-park restaurant is open for the racing season. Enjoy any one of Chef Kirk Lede's nightly specials or pick your choice of fresh seafood, great delicious steaks, or sumptuous desserts from the menu. And, of course, the dining room is way up there on the sixth floor, so if things get really rough, it's not far to the elevator to go up to the top and jump. Pompano Park is open for live racing, like I said, three nights a week, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Don't forget the new early post time, 7.15 this season. And, of course, simulcasting every day starting at noon, seven days a week, from tracks all over the country, all over the continent. Every Wednesday is still dollar night at Pompano Park with draft beer, hot dog, soda, popcorn, even large pretzels, only a buck apiece. And if you're really nice, maybe Dick Feinberg will give you a Batavia Downs program from 1964 like he gave me the other night. Do you think he'll do that? I doubt it. Bob Bomar, Benny Webster, Eddie Cobb. Thanks, Dick. Pompano Park. In Pompano Beach, a block south of Atlantic Boulevard on Powerline Road. Don't forget, live harness racing at its best three nights a week, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7.15, New Orleans Post Time. Live are Sports Radio 560, QAM. Mandage, I f***ed him. Oh! Sorry. Are you sorry? No. I'm not either. George. Rosie O'Donnell felt she lost control. 
1132 at 560 WQM. Guess what we got coming up at noon today, man? One of our great features every day, and I think we can live with this for a long time to come. The Moosey Man. He's stupid. Yeah. That's why we enjoy him so much. We're going to get together with the Moosey Man and solve all of these uh, sniper killings, which if you've been sleeping all morning long, we had another one this morning up there in Maryland in the Burbs, Silver Springs. Bus driver shot. He's dead. Silver Spring, Maryland. And by the way, the Inquirer said, now, aren't we concerned since this thing is ongoing? And evidently not anywhere near conclusion in spite of what Moosey meant. You know what he's going to say, don't you, at noon? Nothing. Nothing. He's going to say absolutely nothing. Sniper, it's not random. This is in the Inquirer. It says investigators use satellites to track down serial killer. Investigators probing the Washington area sniper shootings believe the killer has a secret hit list of intended victims, and that list goes all the way to the White House. You buy, see, I'm skeptical right off right, the bat. Yeah. You think that the bus... Now, the FBI woman... See, how come nobody has conjectured about that? Do you think that could have just been a coincidence? It could have could been. been, but I don't know. The Inquirer has learned that the Secret Service entered the investigation in its early stages, and sophisticated satellite technology has been employed in the search for the gunmen or gunmen who executed eight innocent people and critically injured two others in a nine-day period. There was strong apprehension that the shooter may have been warming up to take out either the president, another top administration official, or a congressional leader, said retired Secret Service agent who remains in frequent contact with the president's personal protectors. These attacks were well-planned, probably even rehearsed. Concern was so high that President Bush is being given daily briefings on the hunt for the sniper. And a top law enforcement insider told the Inquirer, we have the best investigative assets involved in this, and our profilers have indicated from early on they believe the ultimate plan is to take out the president or some other top political figure. We believe the shooter could go out in a blaze of guns or bombs and take many, many more with him. Recently developed information indicates the possibility of two killers working in tandem. We also believe that the target sites were prearranged and the killers practiced their getaways. And we've not been able to rule out a foreign terrorist connection. We think this may have been rehearsed, and that's why we've become worried about an attack on the president or other high-profile individuals. We secretly began using a satellite to provide overhead pictures, which are now being studied. We've used military choppers armed with special infrared scopes to check out wooded areas. There's been other evidence gathered at several crime scenes. Other than the shell casing and the tarot card that were found, the police are being taunted. A message scrawled on the tarot card found at the site of one shooting read, Dear Policeman, I am God. The other evidence uh, recovered by investigators, including taunting and defined messages, has not been made public due to the shooter's demands that messages he sends not be publicly disclosed, according to a veteran FBI agent. The shooting began on the afternoon of October 2nd. Well, we know all of that. And about the 13-year-old kid. Psychiatrist Andrew Hodges told the Inquirer, This is someone who's very angry. He wants others to feel his pain. He's not the typical serial killer. He's on a power trip. At some point in his life, his masculinity was degraded by an authority figure. Now he's out for revenge. Wait till you hear this part. He may have been sexually abused or even raped by a male authority figure. 
That would piss me off. You ready for that? It says he may have been abused or even raped it by some male Will authority. Will Chamberlain rape me? Yeah. And the ultimate authority in this country is President Bush, it says. Another possibility investigators are looking into was the shooter or shooters a sleeper cell of al-Qaeda sympathizers terrorizing the citizens and gearing up for something big, said a source in the investigation. The FBI ruled out all of its technological aids in a desperate attempt to bring the sniper down. In addition to satellite photos taken from space that might pinpoint the killer's vehicle at the time of the shooting, they've also used computer-generated three-dimensional crime scene mock-ups and even brain fingerprinting. The 3-D crime scene replications aid potential witnesses in recalling what they saw, and the brain fingerprinting amounts to a sophisticated lie detector that reads electrical impulses in the brain, the FBI source explained, by showing a suspect a crime scene recreation will be able to tell if he recognizes it and whether he's been there. How do you like that? He says the case is the top priority right now. They're pulling out all the stops. And don't you see the beautiful job they're doing? Right. I do. Doing a hell of a job, man. And Moose Man's going to tell us that at noon, 24 minutes from now. Moosey Man's going to be on there. And one thing I noticed about him, he's kind of stupid. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. He could be like a genius, but he don't impress me too much. And George is like, yeah. 319. <laughs> 319 votes on that poll. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits hour, huh? You like it? You hate it? You don't give a crap? Of the students who were there, did they come after hearing the reports, or were they already there and just decided not to go home? No, actually, uh, they they came here uh, this morning and a absolutely nothing. They'll talk to anybody they can find who's breathing, or even close to it. They'll talk to plants, shrubs, fire hydrants. Anything they can put a microphone in front of to fill up the 24 hours. And you do understand, this shooting occurred at 5.56 this morning. There is nothing else going on. This is even more uh, all-encompassing than Chris and Aranda. Aranda, or whatever his name is. Are you sure? Yeah, Aranda and Chris. Non-stop, all sniper, all day. All day. And Muff just came in and said, uh, like that, just like that. He said, here are those numbers. Here's Matty Bell with them numbers. What's the question? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? He wanted to see if the fax machine was working. Somebody's calling him, bugging him that the uh, fax machine isn't working. The fax machine is working great. Thanks again, Jose. From Laser MD in Hollywood. Isn't that the name of it? Yes, Laser MD Inc. Yeah, thanks again, Jose. It's working That's great. Sterling. Working better than ever, Muff. So don't believe anything that those Goyam tell you on the phone, okay? Don't believe him for a minute. 323 votes. What do you think of our noon-to-one comedy? Looks like we'll be doing it again tomorrow because so far it looks pretty. I love it, 126. It's okay, 108. It's a waste of time, 46. I hate it, 43 out of 320. See, it's a waste of time. Those are the people that want to hear, like, bedtime stories four hours every day. People who take things a little bit too seriously. See what I'm saying? Oh, I know. We don't want to take things too seriously because we're not going to solve the problems of the world here on this show. Although I'm, Mike, I'm very glad that that Jim DeFeedy story crossed my eye this morning about our uncaring, obnoxious, anti-human scumbag Governor Jeb Bush. How he can still be heading the polls just is, is mind-boggling to me. What kind of people would be voting for him for anything? Anything. What kind of retardos would be voting for an anti-human sub-scumbag, sub, uh, whatever the hell he is? You didn't see Deliverance? Yeah. Those exactly. kind. Oh, those kind? Well, this is Florida, baby. We got a lot of them. Oh, my God. They're up in every goddamn tree. And speaking of family tree, take a look at that dysfunctional family of his. Oh, what was that story about George P.? Who did I say is obsessed with him now? Oh, Brittany? Oh, yeah. Brittany's got her oh. eye on George P. It's a dark day. 
<laughs> it wasn't bad enough just in Tinkerbell got you really psychotic, but now, now she's in a George P. Bush. And by the way. Hello, George. Hey, Mo, you ever see George P.? 21 till noon at 560 WQAM. Let me tell you about Balance for Life right now. I was talking to Ponytail at Pizza Loft yesterday. He lost 40 pounds on Balance for Life. Did you know that? I had no idea. I think that's what he said. I'm pretty sure. And he's also got his aunt or somebody he knows also lost a crap load of weight on it. And last week we had that series of great puff pieces on Channel 4 News about it with Al Sunshine waving his ham hocks. Hey, Al. <laughs> Fatso. If you want to lose weight, there's 80 zillion ways to do it, but very few of them that really work, Okay. The thing with a lot of these programs is you've got to figure out what you're going to buy when you go shopping and count calories and count carbohydrates. And the zone diet is very complicated, and it's almost impossible to figure out what you can eat in the amounts and the measurements. But the zone diet is very effective for a lot of people, which is why it's the centerpiece of the Balance for Life program. But they figure it out for you. That's why they bring you all the food. That's it. You don't have to count anything other than just pick out the choices that you want on their menu every day. You pick out between two choices for every meal, and they bring a little black sack. In that sack is all the food for the entire day every day. They deliver it right to your work, to your uh, house, wherever you want them to, by 6 o'clock in the morning. Inside your little black sack, there's a little bottle of water, but most importantly, three delicious gourmet meals, fresh, not frozen, not prefabricated, made with the best ingredients on earth, and two delicious snacks, too. And like I tell you, some days you'll say, I can't eat all that food today. Just do it, because it helps uh, lose that weight. So pick up that phone and call Balance for Life, and pretty soon you can be just as slim as Jeff Cohen, or you can look almost as lovely as the Beast, who's lost nearly 60 pounds already on Balance for Life. Call 954-568-3229, and tell Troy, nice earrings, 954-568-3229, or visit their website at balanceforlife.com. This is Sports Radio 560, QAM. With your funky yellow teeth so far apart Condoleezza, Condoleezza, what you be doing? It's the old fascist black that token Schwarzer's dog Is you day cause you a high-toned boot-lip Negro? Is you the blackie and your mammy who be smart? Does they like how you shine their shoes, Condoleezza? All the way you wash and talk the whitest cars. Hello, George. Georgie Jr. say he trusts you, Condoleezza. Sell our allies on the greedy oil wall, but then he make you clean all the White House bathrooms, the tub, the sink, the toilet, and then scrub the floor. They tell you don't wear sandals, Condoleezza. Your phone chip toenails make them want a wretched fuse. Your nappy leg hair looks just like it be Velcro. The GOP want you to be that token Another train monkey. One day while you be flipping pancakes, you may realize that they treating you just like your estrogen. That's when your head will move from side to side. 
Bush and Rummy, they be cracker assholes. Oh! So let me ask you, who do you like better, Chris or Arande? 14 till noon at 560 WQM. The Mad Dog from Shula's at 1. Hank from Shula's at 3 with Patrick Sertan between 5 and 6. Talking hardball with Crow DeShvaux at 7. And then we got the World Series game number 3 at 830, followed by Eddie Kay and the Joe and Mark Overnight Show. And those guys are, see, Joe's just putting on that act, you know, playing very low-key. Low expectations, and if they get a good number in there overnight, I say, hey, look at that, and if not, I say, ah, we kind of knew it, you know? He's a humble boy. Is he eating humble pie? Is that it? Not yet. Redhead's harder to knock out, speed of that. Oh, we will be uh, carrying the uh, press conference, by the way, with Moosey Man at noon. We will? Why not? Well, why do you give me a look like that? Inquiring minds out there, people in their cars, people at work, they want to hear what he'd be having to say. We're all going to get together around the radio and listen to what he'd be having to say at noon. Because, you know, every time he holds another one of these press conferences, we get some real big information. You know what I'm saying? Redhead's harder to knock out. Can you believe this? No. The genetic quirk that makes red hair red may also make carrot tops harder to knock out in the operating room. A new study suggests that people with naturally red hair need about 20% more anesthesia than patients with other hair colors. It's a small study that will lead confirmation, but it marks the first time scientists have linked a visible genetic trait to anesthesia uh, doses, said Dr. Daniel Sessler of the University of Louisville, whose study will be presented today at a meeting of the American Society of Anesthesiologists. Inadequate doses of general anesthesia can allow people to recall surgery or even wake up during it, problems that, <laughs> that occur in 1% of cases, Sessler said. You know what they have? They have like a little hammer they hit you with. If you wake up in the middle of the surgery, they have like one of them little hammers. If, uh, well, see, he ain't a redhead. That's why he walked in right there. If he would have had red hair, he would not have walked in. If redheads require more anesthesia and are not given more, the chances of having recall during surgeries increase, he said. Uh, Greg came in there with some, uh, your bonus check and your new contract. That's nice to see. I mean, you know, congratulations on a tremendous book. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't right. <laughs> Look at this. Hello, George. Yeah. Tremendous job, he said. Hey, listen, considering, you know, all things unequal. Sure better than last summer, that number five. And see, it's too bad that uh, Muff pulled those things out of there because I forgot that you were number five last summer. Pretty weak. Determining a patient is more uh, anesthetized is partly an art. Well, this story blows, okay? It's just a thing about redheads, which I have an aversion to anyway. And I know many people feel the same way. And it's not personal, okay? If you're a redhead, don't say, ah, gee, you're just such a hard ass. It's not personal. I mean, you can't help it if you have red hair. But I just had like, people with that red complexion and red pasty hair. There's just something about it, like uh, like carrot top, you know. It just grosses me out. Then, of course, I look in the mirror and think, well. Anchorage, Alaska, a bird the size of a small airplane was recently spotted flying over southwest Alaska. Puzzling scientists, the Anchorage Daily News reported this week. The newspaper quoted residents in the villages of Togiak and Manakotak as saying the creature, like something out of the movie Jurassic Park, had a wingspan of 14 feet, making it the size of a small airplane. Anyway, see, what what can you say to him? Huh? I'm trying to be a nice guy, and it just, I know. Greg was in the doorway, and he said, Hello, George. At first, I thought it was one of those old-time otter planes. The paper quoted Moses Kupchiak, 43, a heavy equipment operator from Togiak, is saying, Instead of continuing toward me, it banked to the left, and that's why I noticed it wasn't a plane. The Daily News, the largest daily in Alaska, said scientists had no doubt that people in the region west of Dillingham had seen the winged creature, but they were skeptical about its reported size. I'm certainly not aware of anything with a 14-foot wingspan that's been alive for at least 100,000 years, the paper quoted raptor specialist Phil Schemp is saying. Raptor specialist? 
Is he like an NBA fan from Toronto? Kupchiak said the bird disappeared over the hill and he radioed Togiak residents to tell them to keep their chillin' in. Another local resident, a pilot who initially dismissed the reports, said he recently saw the bird from a distance of just a 1,000 feet while flying his airplane. The people in the plane saw him, John Balker was quoted as saying, he's huge, he's huge, he's really, really big. You wouldn't want to have your children out. Schemph and Rob McDonald of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service said there have been several sightings over the past year and a half of a Stellar's Eagle, a fish-eating bird that can weigh 20 pounds and have a wingspan of 8 feet. Wow. Like a dinosaurus. Man. Oh, you're going to be upset about this? Well, maybe no. not. Maybe not, because she's really gross, and she's got a nasty chin. She's got a chin like Maria Shriver, as a matter of fact. Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I hate her. She's oh, good. ugly. She's a beast. Yeah, she's nasty. Well, they're making a big deal about her. Uh, I know. They like to do that. Reese Witherspoon's nude shocker. Oh, my God. America's sweetheart bears her boobs for Paul Newman. Reese Witherspoon is being called America's sweetheart after goody-goody roles in recent hit movies, but she took it all for all off for a sizzling topless scene with oldster Paul Newman in a racy flick. Boy, she is nasty. The film was 1998's Twilight, in which Reese plays a spoiled teen who runs off to Mexico for some wild living and a red-hot sex uh, thing with her boyfriend, portrayed by Leave Schreiber. What kind of a name is that? Her boyfriend is Leave. Sure. L I E V. Is a guy's name? <laughs> Not where I come from. Now starring in the box office smash, Sweet Home Alabama, Reese tries to pass off the nudity as inconsequential, but that's not how a viewer of the film describes it. Witherspoon and Schreiber have a steamy love scene in the opening minutes, says the viewer. She's lying on a couch topless while he runs his lips down her bare breast to her stomach. When Schreiber goes to the bathroom, Reese, who was then 20, goes into the bedroom where 70-year-old Newman, playing a private eye sent by her parents to bring her home, is waiting. The camera frames her naked from the waist up as she walks into the bedroom, says the viewer, where she is shocked to find Newman, who had broken in earlier. And, of course, Paul, I wonder, do you think Paul's got any clothes on in this scene? We can only hope. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it. And she walks in and says to Paul, You call that a penis? It's stunning to see gorgeous Reese topless and uninhibited in front of the camera, but it's also a little unsettling because Newman is old enough to be her grandfather. The legally blonde beauty only shows her breast in the scene, but the film's director, Robert Benton, says the script originally called for full frontal nudity. What a sickening thought with her. She agreed to do that, Benton says. The day before we shot the scene, I told her I thought it would be more appropriate to do it just from the waist up. I think she was probably deeply relieved. I wonder how deep. But she never said she was dreading it or anything. She was terrific. That deep? The star married, well, see, Paul Newman's old. It's probably really shriveled yeah. up by now. The star married actor Ryan Philippe and mom of three-year-old Ava confesses that it wasn't that difficult to prance around half naked. Actually, it was liberating, Reese 26 says. I was frightened to death at first, then I got to the set, and I thought, I'm not embarrassed about my body. Maybe my chin, but not the rest of my body. My ugly face, yes, but the rest of my body, no. And when she makes faces, like when she grimaces, it goes to a whole new level Ooh. of ugly. Speaking of ugly uh, broads. And now look at this. I, see, I don't want to criticize the media because I know they have a lot of hours to fill up. But it, it's it's reached it's reached a new level of desperation. They now have what, what's the guy's name? Uh, John. Uh, he's the CNN house doctor. He does all the uh, medical reports. This is the second time I've seen him on here this morning. He has a thing. The model. The, he has a the model of the human uh, innards of the guts. And he's showing us where this victim this morning, the bus driver, was shot. Now, the guy's dead. Right. Does it really make a difference where he was shot? I mean, we know he was shot on the bus. Right. But does it make a difference where in the abdomen he was shot? No, not at this point, or even before. 
No, because now he's dead. Remember Reagan's colon? Yeah, but Reagan was the president. Okay, no, I, mean, no, I, I remember. Understand. I remember long before you were born, Eisenhower had his good bowel movements after his heart attack, in the on the front page of the newspaper. President had two good bowel movements today, and we all said, "Holy crap, that's good," you know. But this guy, I mean, he was a bus driver. He's the latest victim. It's a grotesque, horrendous story. But what does this add to our to our understanding, to our knowledge? It fills the time. I see. Right on. Reports: Martha may face charges. All right. Federal regulators reportedly are set to recommend filing fraud charges against Martha Stewart, the home decorating entrepreneur who's been under scrutiny for possible insider trading violations related to her sale of Imcom system stock. That's Martha, no relation to the former Maple Leaf and New York Ranger Ron Stewart. The Wall Street Journal and Financial Times, citing people familiar with the matter, said staff at the SEC have told Stewart the agency plans to recommend filing civil securities fraud charges against her in connection with her controversial stock sale last December. So what a great say to give you like a big song, give you a big hug. Slapped me on the back. Slapped you on the back, gave you a big hug. What did he say? Huh? He already played it. Hello, George. Oh. There you go. He didn't say nice job? Oh, he might have, but I forgot. It was the <laughs> Stewart sold nearly 4,000 M-Clone shares in December, day before the company's application for the cancer drug Herbitox ran into a regulatory hurdle that sent M-Clone shares diving, tumbling, puking their guts out. Stewart has denied receiving any insider information ahead of the sale, saying she had a long-standing agreement with her broker to unload Imclone when it fell below $60. Hello, George. Before passing the matter on to the Justice Department, congressional investigators said that the various accounts of what happened from Stewart, her brokers, and Sam Walker, the former Imclone CEO and friend of Stewart, don't add up. The sale has taken a big toll on the companies she had. On the company she had, shares of Martha Stewart Living are down 54% this year. All right. And for whatever reason, oh. we all we all despise Martha Stewart. We, I mean, like Rosie, we know why we can't stand Rosie. She's, she's a, a disgusting, fat, nauseating, just uh, with an accent, though, everything about her, physically, you know. A broad. But Martha, uh, she's just a smug bitch. I think that's the thing we don't like. Goody two-shoes, pine cone, painting bitch. Smug bitch. 11.56. Oh, we got the Moosey Man standing by. He'll be along. It says right there at noon. And he don't monkey around. Now, he might postpone it or cancel it 20 or 30 times because he likes keeping us hanging on the line, you know, Moosey Man. Now, see, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing now. I, I must be on drugs or something today because I keep getting way ahead of myself. What? I don't know. I don't know. I keep, like, throwing out. Yeah, I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what it is today. Maybe I'm just anxious to get out of here. Could that be it? Yes. I'm just anxious to get out of here so I can go do some research and find out those hour-by-hour numbers. We should have them tomorrow. I'm disappointed we don't have them today. I'm really disappointed in Maddie Bell, Fat Boy. And aren't the salespeople leaving tomorrow for Vegas? I don't know. 23rd through the 30th, I believe, is their reward for our making budget uh, July and August. They're leaving us. So I guess we'll have to, and Maddie Bell better not be going on that trip, because then if I ask for the numbers, oh, well, Maddie's not here. Somebody better be here to give us those hour-by-hour numbers tomorrow so we can, like, readjust, reproportion your paycheck. One of our two uh, PDs. In fact, Greg just said, he said, we're not going to reapportion your paycheck. We're just going to reapportion Moe's paycheck. We're going to, like, size it down, like, to uh, less than half of yours. Which I think would be very amusing. All right. Three minutes till noon at 560 WQAM. Let me tell you what's not amusing, and that's when your carpets get looking and smelling really funky, okay? When they're really nasty. And even the best carpets in the world, when you do a lot of schlepping around the house and dropping stuff and animals and slobs and slobbering in stuff from the outside, dirt and mud and crap, your carpets, believe me, it gets way down there in the fibers of your carpet. Every time you walk around on it, it's like grinding it in there, like rubbing salt in your womb. 
So pick up the phone and call my good friends at Dry Concepts. They will come in and dry clean your carpets, and they'll do a stupendous, unbeatable job, I guarantee it, because they dry clean, just like clothing, and suck out even the deepest down dirt in the fibers of your carpet, which makes them look just like brand spanking new, makes them stay cleaner longer, which eventually makes them last longer, too, and they smell lemony fresh in a couple of hours. You're ready to rock and roll again. And they give you a written, guaranteed price before they start the job, no matter what they do for you. Whether it's carpet cleaning, furniture cleaning, drapery cleaning, spot dyeing, fiber protection, carpet repairs, implant oriental rug service, deodorization, or if you have a flood, complete water damage restoration, too. Don't forget they got a website right now, too, at www.dryconcepts.com. And you can check them out on that if you like. But take my word for it, or uh, George's word, or my mother's word, or everybody I know's word, because we've all used them and we love them. They're the best in the world. Call Dry Concepts in Broward at 954-370-7778. 954-370-7778. In Dater Palm Beach, it's a toll-free call, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Clean today, entertain tonight with Dry Concepts. Live, Live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. It beat at 12 to 1 hour on WQAM. Hello, George. 1203 at 560 WQM. We're waiting for the Moosey Man here. All I see is Bob Franken on CNN because breaking news. Is there any breaking news? No. They don't know a goddamn thing. Had another uh, sniper shooting this morning up there in Maryland in Silver Springs. Guy's dead. Bus driver. Wooded area behind the uh, bus, uh, the waiting area there, the bus stop these investigations is how methodically and successfully he finds an escape route. Again, this was an area with a web of sight. They know absolutely nothing. But the Moosey man was supposed to be having a press conference. You don't think he's going to be delaying it again, do you? And yanking oh, everybody's chain? He's going to be yanking everybody's chain and lecturing the media again and saying, oh, yeah, but don't forget it. You've got to repeat this message as often as possible. I thought that was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I realized what he was doing, but let's get serious. He wants to have it his way. I know. He wants to have his taters and eat them his way. Well, we'll just continue plodding along here while we wait for the Moosey Man to come out and set up, because they certainly got no information about anything. And don't forget, all sniper all day. Every one of the time. Let's take a look. Let me see. What what number is MSNBC on here, on the cable on this thing? Oh, I don't know. You don't know? I used to know. Is Fox uh, 70? Headline News is 56, and guess what's on there? 
Headline News 56. Saturday night. And now we have, for the first time, a very early morning shooting. But yeah, okay. And what about um, five? MSNBC is 63. 63 is MSNBC. This uh, particular area, which may answer the question as to why, for the second day in a row, uh, uh, certain areas here, I'll give you the name of them, uh, Chesterfield, Hanover, Enrico, Richmond, uh, Goochland, uh, Dinwiddie, and Prince George's County have Dinwiddie? all canceled classes here. for the Okay, and what's the other one? Fox? Do we have any idea what Fox is on this uh, godforsaken cable? 46. 46 for Fox. A major thoroughfare, Georgia Avenue, which becomes uh, 16. All sniper all day. Thank God there ain't nothing else in the world going on. Obviously, it's a big story. But these people, see, that poll we took yesterday, this isn't just a feeding frenzy. Whatever is like about 100,000 times beyond feeding frenzy, that's what these people are in. And I will, I'll say it for them. I mean, you've got to give them credit for filling up all these hours with nothing. With nothing. A lot of talking heads, a lot of the same people. The fifth Beatle, Bo Deedle, he's on there. And he keeps talking about how big it is in a gun, too, you know. I, I don't I don't know. But all I can say is... Hello, George. 361 votes on the poll. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday's noon-to-one comedy bits are, which I guess is safe for tomorrow? I love it. 139. I love it. It's okay, 120. Waste of time, 51. I hate it, 51. So it's 250, uh, 259 to 102. Man. That's just about that same ratio as your numbers in the summer book to Moe's. Oh, and Troy Stratford, by the way, said there are going to be pretty embarrassing numbers in the morning. All of our salespeople, it's unanimous, Mo. See, he wants to blame just us. Ripped us this morning, which is fine. That's good. I wish I would have heard it. I wonder if it was by name. Probably not. I wish I would have heard it. That's awful when everybody knows it's the Beast's fault. That, that's right. Now that we got the Beast out of there, I bet you they get up to a 2-5. Don't you think? 2-1? Now, what's that? What's that you just got handed Mr. There? Rogers, rape is a serious thing. Why are you doing this on a daily basis? Oh, thanks, Mo. Good golly, Miss Molly. Well, the only reason that we started talking about rape at all was because... Will Chamberlain rape me? Yeah. Six minutes afternoon at 560 WQAM, victims of clerical abuse urge American bishops to stand up to Rome. Stung by the Vatican's criticism of a clergy sex abuse reform policy, a leading victim's advocacy group is urging American Roman Catholic prelates to stand up to Rome. Outside Catholic churches in more than a dozen U.S. cities Sunday, members of Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests, SNAP, handed out leaflets calling on worshipers to demand the removal of abusers, regardless of what officials in Rome say, and they are... Absolutely correct, sir. Virtually every bishop has come under fire for protecting molesters, said David Cohesi, national director of SNAP. Maybe it's time to come under fire for protecting kids. The action coincided with Bishop Wilton Gregory's reiteration of his belief that the Vatican has not rejected the hardline reforms developed this summer in Dallas by the U.S. Roman Catholic bishops. Gregory, president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and bishop of the Belleville, Illinois Diocese, returned on Sunday after a week of high-level meetings in Rome, after a week of being high in Rome. Gregory downplayed the Vatican's criticism of the sex abuse policy, saying there must be a series of conversations about three troubling aspects before it can be approved. He said the Holy See will not make a final decision on the policy until after a joint. See, that comes in there again. He was high in Rome, and I was talking about joints. A joint U.S.-Vatican commission works out the differences. And that's and you know something? I always wonder what that smoke was they blow out of the Vatican. There was never any doubt. Yeah. When in doubt, they're getting smoked out. The Vatican said Friday was troubled by aspects of the U.S. plan to permanently oust all known abusers. Other trouble spots include the policy's definition of sexual abuse and the role of local lay review boards that are supposed to advise bishops on abuse cases. Gregory said the names of the four U.S. bishops who will serve on the commission will be announced this week, and we can't wait for that. Nevertheless, Snap remains unconvinced that Rome will be satisfied with minor changes. Critics say the reform policy has been gutted. 
Gregory will say the commission is tweaking the Dallas Charter Clause, he said, but that's desperate spin doctoring. The Vatican objections are clearly at the very core of the Dallas Charter. That's right. We did our dog and pony show. We did the window dressing. Now cut the crap. Get serious. Because after all, isn't the Pope, isn't he the final word on uh, matters of moral and oral and anal? And... First and last. That's right. The buck stops there. That's what he said. Will Chamberlain rape me? See, now we don't think that's funny at all. Why wouldn't uh, George is laughing, though, for some reason, but it must be because Chief Moosey is like uh, a little bit late. We better do the break right away now, though, because we don't want to miss the Moosey man. They're showing the microphones, the podium. Eight minutes afternoon, and let me tell you about Oleomed right now. Pop some in your puss. It can't hurt. It's a great combination of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil combined with vitamins, minerals, herbals, other nutrients scientifically designed and balanced to provide natural nutrition solutions to help you for various parts of your health, like we've been telling you for a long time. Now, be sure and check out Oleomed's three new formulas. They have one to help you sleep, one for weight management, and CoQ10, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. CoQ10, by the way, great for your heart and great for your pulse rate. Oleomed is an outstanding new product that's available at Publix, Eckerd's, and Walgreens. Call them to get more info about Oleomed at their toll-free number, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633, or check them out on their website, oleomedamerica.com. And don't forget, if you visit your nearest Publix and purchase an Oleomed product in Broward or Dade County, you can get you a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll while supplies last. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins be playing home games. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information, too. Pop some in your puss today, Oleomed. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Good can't keep his pecker in his pants. It's John Walker Lind, the American Taliban. <laughs> Let's just say without getting into specifics, I'll be very happy when this year is finally over. I'm facing 20 years in prison. I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm a traitor. I'm even starting to deal with issues of abandonment with my parents. But that's not the worst of it, dude. Today, I pick up the paper, and they accuse me of... There's no delicate way to say this. Snorkel and Pakistani weenus. They say I was the lover of some business dude named Kazar Hayat. I will say this. I'll remember this guy only slightly. I, I think I met him in Frisco while I was getting my high colonic. <laughs> you know, you don't want a messy house when there's a chance of unexpected company. <laughs> but this whole thing is a real bailiwaggle, brah. After reading the story and answering four to five hundred phone calls with people asking me to give Cyclops a back rub, I finally realized this might be my father. Huh. Or maybe it was me. I sure as hell couldn't do it now, though. I'm so freaking loaded with Zoloft, my compass is permanently pointing south. <laughs> I'm not ruling out the fact that I could be turned on by some man can. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't have checked this guy out in the shower, but you gotta remember, us Taliban, we didn't take showers deep. I couldn't run from the stink of me fast enough. So, to surmise, not quite sure the story's accurate, not quite sure it's not. Woohoo! Yay! 12.15 at 5.60 WQM. Press conference momentarily. Now, what were they finally revealing to us? I guess they're letting out dribs and drabs of information. The note that was found behind the Ponderosa Steakhouse the threat by the sniper was that if they don't meet his demands, which they're not telling us what the demands were, he's going to start shooting children. Yeah. That's the first time we're hearing that. Lovely. 
And uh, how many, if you're like uh, living up anywhere in that area, you think you're going to be sending your kids to school anytime soon? No. No. To school? How about out of the house? No, exactly. And, and it never even crossed my mind. Like down the store to the 7-Eleven? I don't think so. Pretty scary crap, man, but the Moose Man will be out any second now. He'll probably make us feel a lot better about it, don't you think? No. About life in general and the great job that they're doing? 373 votes on the poll today. What do you think O'Neill's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits are? 141 say, I love it. 38%. They love it. And the hour, too. It's okay, 128. 34.3%. Right there, 72%, God damn it. It's a waste of time, 52. I hate it, 52, which is 27 point. Like I said, overwhelming. Overwhelming. There's a Bo Deedle, the fifth Beetle. You know, you have a lot of copycats, and you also have a lot of people who want to insert them into this investigation. But they said the evidence does line up with that original tarot card. And again, I said, remember the tarot card said, uh, I am God. That kind of takes you away from any kind of Muslim fundamentalist. To say the word God, if you're a Muslim fundamentalist, it, their God is Allah. That, that and that's so, what you that would hear. So but to use the word God is a sacrilegious thing for a fundamentalist like that. So it kind of takes. It's also a sacrilegious thing to be going to strip clubs like all those ones that were down here in Florida were doing. So what the hell does that have to do with anything? Bo Deedle, we take it away. You're not the fifth Beetle, okay? Man. All, all these experts, bah, 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 they don't know what the hell they're talking about. In addition to which, what the hell is he an expert about? Because he used to be a cop? He's an expert. Man, oh, man. Well, let's just continue because, you know, the Moosey man, he could screw up the Pope. Supreme Court refuses to revisit execution of teen killers. All right. A bitterly divided Supreme Court refused yesterday to consider ending the execution of killers who are under 18 when they committed their crimes. Four justices said the court should continue a reexamination of the death penalty begun in earnest last year. The court recently abolished executions for the mentally retarded. The court passed up a chance to reopen the question of whether executing very young killers violates the Constitution's ban on uh, cruel and unusual punishment. So what did he say about, speaking of uh, people who aren't too sharp, uh, Greg, he said he's going to be working on the thing with Norm, etc. Next week. There you go. See, I told you, if you just relax. I'm relaxed. The guy just had a death in the family. He's under a lot of pressure. He's under a lot of stress. He uh, you know, like I was needs a little extra time to make up some stories. He has to take a look at those numbers and examine what the bad mistake he made there in the morning. Now, did he have any comment to make about those morning numbers, do you? No, not to me. I don't know, but I noticed when I made some comment, he was chuckling and chortling. He was chortling oh, and chuckling, Mo. Huh? <laughs> He's so funny. The practice of executing such offenders is a relic of the past and is inconsistent with evolving standards of decency in a civilized society, wrote Justice John Paul Stevens, joined by Justices David Souter, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Stephen Breyer, who we still love as ice cream. We should put an end to this shameful practice, but... Too bad. They lost. Currently, states that allow the death penalty may impose it on killers who were 16 or 17 at the time of their crimes. And they will continue doing that. I don't see any problem with that to you because, one, like I've told you before, once you're dead, you're dead for a long time. And whether the person who pulled the trigger was 16 or 17 or 110, it doesn't make a goddamn bit of difference. Or if they were crazy. And if you can tell me that being 16 or 17, you don't know the difference between killing somebody and not killing somebody, then you're living in some place that I don't want to be in. You know what if I'm saying? If you're six, you know the difference. Like you're living in a country with about a crazy people with guns, you know? There's Wolf Blitzkrieg who says... Federal law enforcement authorities are working under that assumption. They're clearly going through all of the motions that they've gone through so many times over... I, I, seriously, I, in, the, in the history of the human race, I mean, at least during O.J., 
there was ongoing stuff going. You know what I'm saying? There was the DNA evidence, and there were, like, different angles. Here, there is nothing happening. You've got somebody gets shot and killed or goes to the hospital and is in critical condition. And and then they tell you about, well, somebody heard a loud sound or somebody heard what they thought was backfire. Well, so and that's not, not a bullet when a gun is shot. You know, that's not like a major bullet. And that's it. That's basically it, which they could say that in about 30 seconds. And yet they're managing round the clock. Oh, there's Bo Deedle again. You made with that letter, with the evidence showing that it has some similarities and some identifiable remar uh, markings on it. Remarkings on it. We have to take it every like avenue. I don't I think believe he's that these, this sniper attacks and murder attacks have to do with money. I just can't believe that this person is going along killing 10, shooting 13. Now all of a sudden it's coming out that he wants money. We have to cooperate any way we can to get some kind of communication with this psychopath. If it has to be communicating with cryptic signals, then Chief Moose has to do that. And I agree. Did he call him Chief Moomoo? Because we don't have anything else, so you've got to follow up on it. And we're hoping, we're hoping and praying that this psychopath makes a mistake. This coward makes a mistake, and then we're able to capture. But we have to go along with any avenue that we have, and that's part of the investigation. Now, I want you to interpret for me, because he's not very articulate to say the best. What, what did he just say? I have no idea. He, he, uh, he, I'm just, I'm speechless. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he just said right we there. we got to get this coward, and we got to go along with the investigation. And where the hell's Chief Moosey? That's what I'd like to know. See, they're just vamping now. They're just stalling for time. Very depressing when we expect the Moose Man to be out there. North Korea issue irks Congress. Oh, is that that's something that doesn't have to do with a sniper? I'm sorry. This is from uh, Washington Post. The White House withheld North Korea's admission about a nuclear weapons program from key Democrats until after Congress had passed its resolution authorizing war with Iraq, prompting complaints on Capitol Hill that the administration has let politics influence its conduct of foreign affairs. Absolutely correct, sir. Two weeks from today is the election, by the way. All you dark folks out there, vote 20, 30 times against the Jeb Bush. Several senators said through their aides that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld did not mention North Korea's covert nuclear weapons program during a classified briefing held in a secured chamber less than three hours before. Two senior administration officials revealed the news in a conference call with four reporters. Senate Majority Leader Tom Daschle, such as he is, said he learned about the weapons program from newspaper articles the next morning, and Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Joe uh, Biden Jr. said he was told about two hours ahead of the press. At least two Republican senators said they earlier had received individual briefings from Assistant Secretary of State James Kelly. Democrats on Capitol Hill were critical of the 12-day gap between the admission by North Korea and the administration's disclosure. During that time, Congress passed the Iraq Resolution, and President Bush signed it hours before the 7 p.m. disclosure about North Korea. Administration officials said they revealed the information because former Clinton administration officials had leaked the news after learning from, about it from State Department contacts. Democrats said the episode could further impair the administration's already fragile relations with Congress. How do you like that, huh? Keep them in the dark. Get them to vote, uh, you know, goose step in the line. And then, oh, well, guess what? We forgot to tell you. But, of course, we're not going after them because they do have the weapons, see? Right. We're not going after anybody who does have them. Anybody that might someday have them, well, when in doubt, we'll wipe them out. Like Pakistan. See, if, if it's me, Pakistan's number one on the list. But guess what? They already got the bomb. Oh, oh. When in doubt, cross him out. Our good close personal friend who shot the sheriff. Isn't that his name? Yes. Meantime, who's this goofball with a beard on here? I'm hoping to get some information for you before 1 o'clock, but it's not uh, not looking too good. 
Well, I was I was actually growing up in New York City when the son of Sam. Well, good for you. Okay, isn't that great? Looks like you didn't make too much progress. Looks like your growth was stunted and lose the stupid beard too while you're at it, schmuck. He was growing up in New York while David Berkowitz was doing his thing, okay, and did the messages with Jimmy Breslin. Remember that in the column mm -hmm. he used in the uh, Daily News in those days. Yeah, great. This ain't the sum of some of some of Sam. This is some sum of a bitch, is what this is. That's right. And they're just desperate. Then we're hearing about Andrew Cunan and, and Johnny Versace and this one and that one and this one did this. And, and again, they're starting last night again. Is it a serial killer or a spree killer? When they start doing that, I want to shoot my TV screen out. I'm serious. What kind of a rifle are you going to use to do that? A serial killer or a spree killer? Well, first of all, what difference does it make? Who gives a crap? Who gives a flying crap? Well, we want to do that psychological profile. You couldn't profile a goddamn frog to croak, okay? You haven't got any idea what's going on here. Look, look at the way it's going. We have who killed Chandra? Who killed Cock Robin? Where is Osama? Where is uh, Mullah Mullah Omar? Where is uh, what's her name? Little girl Elizabeth Smart. Right, Jean Benet. Who killed Jean Benet? Who really killed uh, what's her name there? Uh, what the hell is her name? Which one? O.J.'s wife and Denise uh, Brown. Denise, see, I forgot her name. <laughs> Who killed them? Who's the real killer? Come on, O.J., get off the golf course and help us find a real killer, you some bitch. Oh, Nicole, Denise. Is Who the killed assistant. Nicole? That's right. See, you had a mental oh, block well, on that too. She's out of sight, out of mind. Okay, out of sight, out of mind. At them, Nicole. Unless you're going to say she had it coming too. That fucking bitch. Who killed Nicole and Ron? There's all of these mysteries, all of these puzzles, which we don't seem to have the answers to. How about? And you were almost forgetting about it. How about the anthrax? Oh, aha. Uh -huh. We got any clues on that? No. We just had the article here a few days ago about the fact we're not one iota closer to solving that than we were a year ago. How about that Hatfield guy? Yeah. How's he's he a, feel? I'll tell you one thing. He's a person of great interest. Yeah. We haven't got any clue who did that. Nothing. And you people are going to send me a goose step to the polls two weeks from now and vote for any of these assholes. I say nobody vote, except unless it's against Jeb Bush. Other than that, forget about it. And you wonder why young people don't vote, why nobody wants to participate in this crap? we got a bunch of mumbling incompetence running around. And every couple of weeks we get another story about, well, just like the goddamn tanker, the French tanker they blew up. Remember that story from yesterday? Right. See, I think what they're expecting is, like, maybe they should give the CIA and the FBI and the uh, everybody else and the SPCA like a, like a road map and a compass and a, like a date and a time. This is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to do it. Now see if you can catch us. And they probably still couldn't do it. Just like this goddamn Keystone Cops thing yesterday with the two illegal aliens in that white minivan. Two beaners looking for day jobs. And they're all surrounded there. Like, like this guy's some kind of a moron. Like he's going to give them the phone number to a goddamn payphone that anybody could find out where the location was and be there at a specific time. Yeah, but how about those Polaroids? Oh, oh yeah, I still think about that one about a Mustang. Because yeah? <laughs> when I see a Mustang, you know how I feel. I get physically ill when I see any Mustang. 26 afternoon at 5, because Mustangs are fine for, like, teenagers and then people who just never outgrow them. 26 Miguel. past noon. Is that Miguel's uh, I don't Mustang? Know. He has one. Oh, my God. How sad. How sad. Somebody who looks as good as him can't find somebody to buy him a better car than that. Let me tell you right now, mattress shopping is <laughs> is a total waste of time, baby. Don't be schlepping that mattress. See, there's another thing, too, not just not getting any sleep. But if you're, like, screwing your brains out on that mattress like Miguel is doing. 
I'm too bad he doesn't have any company. But anyway, you're screwing your brains. You don't want to like have a lumpy, bumpy old mattress. You might even fall right off the edge at the most inopportune squirt, squirt. time. That's right. So get you a great new mattress from our friends at Dollar Mattress. I use them all the time. For years now, I've been using these people. Every few years, you finally say, hey, this mattress is pretty crappy, and it don't smell like good anymore either. Call 1-800-MATTRESS right now. gets you the ultimate freedom of choice, the top brands in the world. they got Serta, Sealy, Simmons, King Coil. No store in the universe can match their exceptionally low everyday prices, and no store anywhere would even think about offering this kind of service. They deliver when it's convenient for you. Any day of the week, seven days a week, you pick it to our window, 11 to 1, 1 to 3, 2 to 4, 5 to 7, and they'll be there. It's unbelievable. And they give you that 30-day in-home comfort trial to check it out the right way by sleeping and doing your thing on it. So if you want to get a sensational night's sleep tonight and every night for a long time to come, call Dollar Mattress right now. They'll never let you down. Call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on the web at mattress.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Here's the Moosey Man. Good measures were implemented. Crime scene was searched. At this point, we have no vehicle lookout to share. We have no person lookout to share. Because Mr. Conrad Johnson, Mr. Conrad Johnson, is a county employee, I'd like to ask the county executive to make some comments. And certainly, uh, we're all saddened as we are with any loss of life. Chief, thank you. This is a terrible loss of life today for one of our county employees, almost a 10-year county employee with the ride-on bus service that we provide in the county. And I want to extend my deepest sympathies. We deeply mourn the loss of this gentleman. And I was at the hospital meeting with his family, extended my sympathies to them. And um, it's very close to home, but with any of these murders that we have seen, uh, any loss of life is a real tragedy for this entire community. I would ask that um, the community keep this victim's families in their thoughts and prayers, as they have for all of the victims and their families of the last few weeks, and would ask that people respect the privacy of this family uh, as they go about their grieving process. Thank you. The law enforcement community is looking at this situation certainly very similar to other situations that we've been dealing with as a region. Evidence, ballistics will be gathered. Say what? We determine if this situation is linked. Uh, we will have that work done, and when it is complete, uh, then that will be shared. Uh, we remain concerned about the safety of all the people in our region. We realize that the person or the people involved in this have shown a clear willingness and ability to kill people of all ages, all races, all genders, all professions, different times, different days, and different locations. Certainly encourage everyone to remain cautious, vigilant about their activities, to remain observant, anything out of place, anyone driving away from an area erratically, anyone behaving uh, strangely or in a way that maybe is not themselves. But we also want us to remain resolved, to remain focused, and very resilient. As Americans, we've proven to be resilient. 
time and time again as people try to threaten our way of life, try to threaten our freedom as individuals and our freedom as a nation. So certainly a very difficult plea with all of the violence among us, but again, we must practice our individual freedoms and remain resilient as a nation. Yeah. I'd like to join Mr. Duncan in asking everyone in our community to, to put the thoughts of Mr. Johnson, his family, all of our victims in their minds, and that we do everything in our power to give them their privacy in their moment of loss. We will uh, try to take a, a few questions, uh, but again, I would hope that we uh, do it in an orderly and respectful uh, fashion. What has become of the communication that you were having with whoever it was? Has there been another message? Do you have another message now to this person? Uh, with regards to uh, communication, uh, sir, anything that uh, relevant to the case that would be inappropriate to talk about? And uh, at this point, I do not have um, any requests uh, for you as the media to take forth any message. Chief Moose, was there some confusion this morning about the location of the shooting? Did this complicate and slow the police and medical response to the scene? I am not aware of anything that uh, prohibited the response of police and medical to the scene. Uh, I was very proud of the uh, response. Everyone uh, did the kind of things that we've talked about, that we've briefed them on with regards to our response. Any relevant information from witnesses this morning that you might be able to share with us? Uh, sir, it has been our practice to not disclose anything from uh, any uh, witnesses. Uh, we certainly continue to uh, work with uh, those individuals, and I was trying to be clear in saying that we have no person lookout to share and no vehicle lookout to share uh, from regards to get it out in the community. Without warning, uh, some published reports are, are denied, and I just help us out here. Can you confirm some published reports would say that you have a, uh, in one of your notes uh, that was picked up at Ponderosa Steakhouse, that this gentleman is, or whoever is specifically targeting school children? Or threatening to target school children. Demanding a lot of money to stop the work for. Threat, threat, threatening I realize you violence against school children. Could you confirm it or, or enlighten us? Well, sir, uh, I tried to be real clear that uh, we feel like uh, all of the people in the Washington metropolitan region are advised to be on the heightened alert uh, that these Answer person the question, or people Ms. involved Rand. in this have shown ability and a willingness to kill people of all ages, all races, all genders different times of day, different days of the week, and uh, different professions. So I think that that has been real clear. There were, were school children specifically mentioned in the letter. That's what the question is, sir. Respectfully, that's what we want to know. Chief Moose, do you believe that you're dealing with a traditional, quote-unquote, serial killer? Or do you think that this is some kind of gruesome extortion? Is this a different type of serial killing than we've seen here before? 
Uh, sir, we're doing everything in our power to um, protect people, to get the evidence that we need to. Okay, great. Thanks, Chief Moose. Like you said, I asked you, what's he going to say? And you said, little bit like nothing. And he nothing. did. He did. He don't answer any question. He has nothing to say, and they know nothing. And, of course, obviously they don't want to, like, totally terrify the parents because uh, there ain't going to be anybody going to school, ain't going to be any kids going anywhere if they release the, uh, you know, if he says it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hello, George. 21 to 1. I'll tell you where I went yesterday. The Pizza Loft, the brand new one at Nob Hill and uh, Sunrise and Plantation right behind Walgreens. See, the great thing for my friend Marcy over there is that when she works the prescription thing in the window there, oh, and she told me some great stories <laughs> about some of the people that come through that window. But anyway, when she's working that window, she can look right across and there's the loft. And so she can wait till Jeff comes in and then she can make a mad dash for lunch and say, oh, there's my good friend Jeff and I'll get a freebie today. And she better be getting freebies, Mr. Cohen. She's my paisan, baby. That Marcy, she's great. But anyway, we had such great food. And the pizza loft, the new one, you'll be pleased to know, is just every bit as good as the original one over there, the original Broward location. Anyway, on the original Broward location is University Drive between Griffin and 595, right beyond Pier 1 Imports. Tons and tons of free parking. It's Kitty Corner, the new Armadillo Cafe. It's sensational. And this one is, uh, like I said, equally outstanding. The food is fresh and delicious. They give you, I don't want to say they give you big portions. The portions are like enough for a Mack truck to carry away. I mean, gigantic portions, embarrassing. So maybe the whole family can go in there and eat like off of one plate. All the pasta is fresh. There's never any rubbery pasta. The garlic rolls are the best in the world. That's what Marcy said, too. She said these are the best garlic rolls ever. The veal is delicious. The best in the city, by the way, George. So check out the brand-new Pizza Loft. Let me give you the number for a takeout and delivery at the new Pizza Loft location. It's 954-382-1999. The other location, see, I don't want to shortchange the other location over there because uh, they're not small potatoes. 954-916-8880 is the Davy location, 916-8880. But the plantation, the new Pizza Loft, it's 954-382-1999. And they cater for as low as 5 bucks per person for any special event you got coming up. And takeout and delivery available as well, like I said. So check out the brand-new, world-famous pizza loft right behind Walgreens there. Knob Hill and Sunrise and most prestigious plantation. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. There's a but I smell it. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind, the true Hollywood celebrity music biography profile story. We take a good, hard, stiff look into stardom. He was a man with a piano, some talent, and the strange belief that he could communicate with a home appliance. And that's what gave the world Bruce Hornsby and the range. That's just the way it is. Hey, the guy comes into my office with a very catchy tune. If he needs to believe his freaking stove is his backup band, who am I to say no? Bruce Hornsby's manager, Chet Stools, was the first to humor Hornsby when he brought his kitchen range in to perform with him. He says, I call the act Bruce Hornsby and the range. I laugh and I tell him, I'll put it on the back burner. <laughs> the son of a bitch starts crying. He loved that damn range. Don't you know the man was a genius? Uh, but he could be pretty embarrassing. I mean, like... Bruce Hornsby's then-girlfriend, Judith So Over You. I, I mean, he'd be like playing the piano and he'd throw it to the band, you know? He's like, take it, range. And then there's this stove sitting there doing nothing. Then one time I made a joke about me having a bun in the oven, and he starts crying. He loved that range more than he loved me. Oh, the freak. But everything else about Bruce Hornsby was normal. He even won the Grammy in 1987 for Best New Artist. 
a coveted award shared by the likes of Millie Vanilli, Debbie Boone, and Hootie and the Blowfish. So what caused Hornsby's rapid decline? I told him I'd have dinner ready when he came home. I, I fired up the range. There was a power surge. The range died. Yeah, that's right. I killed it. It had to be done. <laughs> Overcome with grief, Bruce Hornsby still refuses to be interviewed. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. God, I cracked myself up. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet like a chill business. Tonight on Inside the Behind. Uh, sir, again, I was trying to say that this is the uh, the wrong form uh, to have any further discussion with regards to your question. Let's not have no further discussion of that, okay? It, he's been talking all of this time, in case anybody out there thinks you missed something. No. Not a thing. I would, I, I'm trying to be delicate. He's, he's kind of frighteningly inarticulate for a police chief of like any, a place with more than 10 people, you know? Well, his work isn't based on his ability to speak. He doesn't convey the greatest amount of confidence is what I'm, I'd be trying to say. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? I'm saying, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. If there's a but, I smell it. That's what I'm trying to say. 410 votes on a poll. What do you think of Neil's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits are? Which it looks like we're going to have it again tomorrow. Oh. Looks like to me. I love it, 156. It's okay, 141. That right there is 297 come 11. I hate it, 57, and it's a waste of time, 56. So that's 113. What is it, 296 to 113? I'd say that's just about the same ratio of your numbers compared to most in this book. And if we don't get those hour by hour tomorrow, I think we're going to have Maddie Bell's head on a plate. Come on, Maddie. You've always been so damn good to us. You're our close personal paisan, you little twerp. What? He's never failed us yet. He's never let us down. Confidence is high when it comes to little Matty Bell. And like I said, if you don't have him... Now, I've got a column here that was written uh, 10 days ago by Steve Dunleavy in the New York Post. And I've been holding off on reading it because of the fact that it's just... I don't know. Because it's another piece of wild speculation. But the fact is, now here it's 10 days later. This was written October 12th, and now it's October 22th. And I think I'm going to read. It's very short. Steve Dunleavy wrote this 10 days ago in the New York Post. It says, These are terrorists. Larry Johnson, former CIA agent, former State Department agent, said loudly and clearly, at the end of the day, we have to give some credence that there is a terrorist threat. Johnson was responding to the fact that the Montgomery Monster's latest hit was grimly performed by two human beings in that now well-known white panel van, facts that might well suggest a terrorist attack. I personally think it is a jihad rather than a crazy nut, Johnson, a veteran counterintelligence expert said. Jim Costner, well, if that's the case, how come they request for the money and so on, you know what I'm saying? Right. At any rate... Jim Kalstrom, the former boss of the FBI in New York, who investigated the downing of the TWA-880, doesn't dismiss the theory either. This is a different situation, and if there are two people involved in the shootings, he said, if there are two, it is unusual. Two people do not have parallel psychoses. If there are two involved, I'd have to lean toward conspiracy. Kalstrom said it's strange that two people could work together bonded by the idea of committing faceless assassinations. I'm not on the ground there, so I don't want to second-guess cops who are doing a great job, he said. But two assassins means to some degree a conspiracy, and conspiracy leads to something else. What's uncanny about the past 10 days is that a gunman and perhaps co-conspirator have held the capital of this country prisoner the past 20 days now, we should say. The Washington area is completely paralyzed. Schools have canceled outdoor activities. Some have even papered over their windows. And the experts who fear that genius is at work, evil as it is, also fear that this may well very be the work of more than one lone nutcase. They're now left to ponder the viciously indelible images from today's pitiful murder scene. First of all, there's the tragic picture of the gas nozzle in the gas tank of the silver-blue Buick owned by the man who was mindlessly slaughtered. Second, 
are the sightings of guys wearing jackets that dramatically and possibly sadly said FBI anti-terrorist squad. And then there's this image of law enforcement, FBI or local police, I don't know, wearing ski masks. That's something I've only seen previously in Ireland on the British anti-terrorist special forces making anonymous patrols. This city, this country, has not come to grips with the fact that one lone gunman, two lone gunmen, or jihad can close down the capital of this country. In a terrible way, we have to recognize, as a colleague of mine said, ten gunmen doing the same thing could close down the country. What we're seeing is ordinary people having their lives terminated in grimly extraordinary ways. If this murderer stopped shooting, I would gladly be his final victim, said Steve Dunleavy. How do you like that, huh? Nice offer. But we really don't know, you know. And, of course, we don't know the context of that letter because they don't want to tell us. And he's wrong about the uh, serial killer buddies. Weren't Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole serial killer buddies that went around together killing people for a while? Yeah. So maybe we do have two nutcases right. working together. Maybe they used to be like radio sales guys. Have like an endless pool of talent there. Ten to one at five sixty. We got the Mad Dog from Shula State too. He'll be along at one o'clock this afternoon. When are we gonna get those hour by hour? We can see just how uh, you broke down against the Mad Dog there in the summer book, huh? How we, how you guys hooked up and teamed up together, I should say. Hank Goldberg at three from Shula's also with Patrick Sertan at five o'clock, and we can do some more Chris and Aranda stuff. Aranda and Chris, Chris and Aranda, makes Jimmy and Danny seem like pikers, baby. In case you missed the Mo Show this morning, you missed three solid hours nonstop. Besides a couple of cheap shots at us before anyone was awake, you missed nonstop three hours of Chris and Aranda and Aranda and Chris, including 17 times they replayed the interview with Chris Carter. And then we got to the baseball game tonight. After the Crow, Crow to Schro is going to be on at 7 o'clock tonight. Talking softballs, followed by the uh, game three of the World Series, Angels and the Giants. Eddie K after the baseball game and the highly rated Joe and Mark overnight, we hope they think. They, they don't know. He's just play, playing a little bit too cool for my benefit, you know? Joe's always played it cool. I think he should walk around and say, hey, we're going to kick some serious ass, okay? We're going to have a hell of a lot higher numbers than that goofball in the morning. Of course, that's not saying much. Hey, if you love your home but you need more space, what do you do? Do what hundreds of other people are doing, call Strictly Additions. Whether you're having a baby, need another room. And by the way, let me just say this before I do this spot. Hey, Randy Moeller, you know, we played that promo at a goal, the winning goal by Hosilius for the Panthers last night. Randy's shouting over Jugs McDonald. Guess what? You know, he's trying to be mad dog number two. I want to tell you something, Randy, a little personal message. I know Jim Mandich. Jim Mandich is a friend of mine. You ain't no Jim Mandich. Dummy up, okay, Randy? Don't be uh, talking over that old man over jugs, you silly person. Anyway, if you need more space in your home, do what hundreds of other smart people are doing. Call Strictly Additions. Whether you're having a baby, need another room, if you're converting a carport or patio into living space, if you're going into business for yourself and want to make a home office, call these people. They'll never let you down. Strictly Additions. They're your one-stop shop. More space for your place place with an absolutely positively worry-free approach to expanding your living space. Those no-shows you've heard about by other contractors? Uh-uh. Incomplete work? No chance. No unexpected bills? No worries about the job not getting done right, and they take care of every single last detail. They drop your blueprints. They get the building permits, handle all the inspections for you. Strictly Additions has got that easy five-step approach to total customer satisfaction. Number one, call to schedule a free project evaluation appointment at your home where a project estimator will determine the scope of your addition. Number two, schedule a bid appointment in their convenience showroom where you'll get a detailed proposal and an exact price for the work. Third, select your finishing touches, go to contract. Fourth, review the design, the architectural drawings. And last but not least, number five, you sit back and relax 
as your Dream Edition moves ahead with on schedule with unbeatable quality. Look out for the ad in the yellow pages if you like. They serve all of Broward and South Palm Beach County, or you can give them a call right now at 954-791-8100 and tell them that old Neil told you to call. Strictly Editions, 954-791-8100. They're licensed, they're insured, and do a stupendous job. 954-791-8100. <laughs> Sports Radio 560 QAM. You fudge packing? This is former Vice President of the United States, Al Gore. I have recently poked my head out of the shadows of oblivion to take pot shots at the President. I have reappeared, much like Puxatawney Phil, the groundhog creature that reappears each year to determine whether or not we'll have an early spring. I wish it to be known that it was I who was responsible for saving the lives of those nine miners in Pennsylvania over the weekend. I had asked the media to keep my name out of it as not to appear a spotlight hog. However, I feel the American people have a right to know the truth. Here's what happened. Upon hearing of this unfortunate accident, I raced to the scene. I lowered myself into the mine using an old Ron Popeil pocket fisherman and some bailing wire. Down, 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 into the depths of darkness I sank, never thinking of my own safety, but rather of the safety of those men on the ground. When I reached the miners, they said to me, Hey, you're the guy that invented the Internet, right? I said, Yes. We all had a Mike's Hard Lemonade which I brought with me down into the hole, and then we sat around and reenacted the fart scene from Blazing Saddles. I thought you should know the truth. And now, much like the groundhog creature pucks the tawny fill, I'll sink back into the darkness of oblivion until I am needed again. This is Al Gore, superhero. Um, becoming more provocative, I'm not going to respond, and so uh, our next briefing... Uh, we'll be scheduled for noon tomorrow. Okay, noon. It's like a daily event now. Okay, every day at noon we can sit around, we can get together, and uh, hear Chief Moosey say basically nothing. Do you realize he's still been talking all this time? And I've been monitoring the situation here, and you know what he said? Nothing. 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 <laughs> he didn't say a damn thing. Wow. Well, what can I say? You're you're a law enforcement people are hard at work, baby. It's not an easy uh, situation. You got a one or two or however we don't know. We got some crazed gunmen there. Nutcases, organized, disorganized, um, domestic, foreign. We don't know. We don't know anything. How are we going on that anthrax investigation? Got any information? No. Oh. 424 votes. It looked like it's a go. Rhymes with no. For uh, the one to two hour tomorrow. I mean, the the uh, three to four hour. Huh? What do you think of Neil's Wednesday noon to one comedy bits hour? 424 votes. 163. I love it. Oh. Yeah. It's okay, 145. You put those together, you got like 73%. It's a waste of time, 58. That's right. We could be reading a lot more bedtime stories. And I hate it, 58. So it looks like we get a big, a big vote of an enthusiastic confidence. Almost as big as the vote when Greg came in here and patted George on the back and squeezed him and hugged him and just uh, kissed him on the lips. That, that was emotional, man. It was traumatic. Now tomorrow, we're milking us a third day tomorrow with these ratings, you know? And a lot of right. people are saying, well, who cares about those ratings already? You drive them into the ground. Well, you know what? The question, obviously, everybody's asking is, hey, Mo, how low can you go? Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Like that, don't you, bitch? <laughs>